Hi, this is Eric Zabatsky, the artist of the dregs, and this is 11 o'clock comics. <laughs> That was a good one. Much better? Yes. Much right. better. Nice. See, I was worried. I was worried you were, gonna, you were doing the three, two, and then you were directing me with your hand like you did with Jason on the video all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Ready for me to go. Oh! That's the cue. <laughs> Which I can see from all the way over here, 50 miles away. You know that woe that he just did? Yeah. You may, you may remember it because he just did it. That wasn't whoa us. He's watching the no, friggin' Eagles game. He's watching the game. Yeah. He's watching listen, the Eagles listen, game. Linda, yeah. Dude, listen, that wasn't for us. Listen, I prefer Eagles, Yoko. The Eagles never play on Thursday night. They are so yes. I'm dual. I'm double dipping right now. But admit it that that woo was not for us. It was. was. It? Kenyon Barner fumbled a punt. It was exactly that. Yeah. Oh my god. Grown ass man. You will have my divided attention. We shall see. That remains to be seen. Uh, I'm going into withdrawals. Boo withdrawal. I know. It sucks. I, today I was like, mm, I feel like Charlie Brown trying to kick that damn football. Boolerium <laughs> tremens. The BTs. Boolerium. I said boolerium oh. tremens. Oh, you watching the game too, Dap? What? <laughs> He's a fool. Yeah, no. don't watch no football. Yeah, why would a grown-ass man watch football? He's got better things to do. <laughs> grown-ass intelligent man. You stupid, man. I am you stupid. stupid. <laughs> oh, boy. It's going to be one. seven, Vince. I don't care. You know, you know what I do care about? <laughs> I care about 11 o'clock comics episode 499. I'm, my nails are bitten down to the cuticle. Cuticle. And I'm Vince B. I don't bite my nails, I'm just saying. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B. Vince B the Crusher, and I am David A. Price. No, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I don't. Awesome. He got me <laughs> all he got me all amped up and I said, I'll crush you. <laughs> why did I fucking say that? <laughs> now he hates awesome. me now. And I'm and I'm Philadelphia's adopted son, Carson Wentz. No, you're not. You are not. You're Jason Wood, everybody in this penultimate episode we didn't tell you but 500 is our last so enjoy it <laughs> enjoy it while you can best and final yes not like this following week it's ten fifty nine o'clock <laughs> we're podcasting like it's 1999 yes we're gonna That's we're trying to go back in time right. in a conceptual art project it's not gonna work zero, zero. party over Oops, yep. out of time. And you know, you don't have to be royalty to get your comics <laughs> and collectibles at a fraction of their cover uh, price. All you need to do is go to Discount Comic Book Service. They have a place on the web, as they should, dcbservice.com. One more time, dcb is in boy, service.com, where you can get all your stuff at far less than the jokers that go to the brick-and-mortar stores get them for such as from DC, yes, I'm pimping a DC book, but I have good reason because this is by Keith Giffen and Alan Grant and it's called Lobo, Volume 1. It contains Lobo 1 to 4, Lobo Paramed 
Military Christmas Special, Lobo's Back 1 to 4, Lobo Blazing Chain of Love, and Lobo Convention Special. It's a massive book. Cover price $24.99. You get it for what? What's that? Don't all answer at once. $14.99. You get it for half that. (gasps) Yes. What? Half the cover price. $12.49? Yes. It's insane. Next up. From Dynamite, uh, written by Mr. Mike Carey, art by Kanan Yarar, cover art by a bunch of people. Uh, Linsner did one, but the one I'm looking at right now is done by Kenneth Rocafort. It is Barbarella, number one. Earth, star-crossed daughter is back. When Barbarella wanders into a war zone, the theocratic rulers of Parosia arrest and imprison her. I'm sure her clothes will rip. A prison break is brewing, but now that she knows what the Parosians do to their own citizens, Barbarella decides to make this fight her own. Oh my god. It's a mature reader's title, as it should be, right? Cover price, three ninety nine. Your price, tell them, Dap. Uh, I'm gonna say six ninety nine. They're charging you more. I thought you said twelve ninety nine. No, three ninety nine. Oh, disc. Oh, yeah, yeah. disc one ninety nine. The discounted price is a do- right a dollar ninety nine, fifty percent off, Ooh. and and the covers are gorgeous. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going with the Rocafort because it's it's heavily heavily discounted. But if you go with the the variants, they're all beautiful. Um, all you beautiful. can't you can't lose, and. Bringing up the rear, but not in our hearts. From Boom, written by Ryan Ferrer and Casey Green. Art by Ian McGinty. It's Rocco's Modern Life, number one. Did you all not love this cartoon? Don't, I've don't. never heard of it. Oh, love sh- oh my God. <sighs> <laughs> that just hurt i wounded you seriously you hurt my heart um it, it's it's a nickelodeon tune um yes rocco's modern life can't you hear fred from the b-52s in your head rocco's modern life like he did the the theme song i think my wife never. really enjoyed it it's never a, heard of it oh boy cover price 3.99 your price jason i'll give you one last shot to redeem yourself $1.99. You betcha, my brother. DCBService.com. They don't mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books all shipped right up, safe and secure, massive amount of packaging. Ding dong. Who's that? It's my books. I must get them. <laughs> just, wow. Just, I was so vivid. I yeah, I'm an actor now. Thing in my head. That's... As well as an auteur, I am a thespian. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. So there you go. DCBService.com. Don't hesitate. What are we drinking, fools? Ooh, right up in it. Yes. Confrontational. Well, I drank drank more than enough beer this weekend, past weekend. So I'm drinking Diet Coke. It's all I have. Hmm. Okay. What about you, Jason? Keeping it real. Well, I didn't drink enough beer this weekend, so I'm drinking some Corona Extra Gold. You <laughs> said beer, right? I did not have any Corona Extra Gold while I was there. 
No, you didn't. I didn't. I didn't have any whiskey while I was there either. You didn't. Uh, so I'm kind of making up for that tonight by drinking some uh, Robert Mondavi Private Selection Bourbon Barrel Age Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm-hmm. That's right. Did you forget who you were supposed to be this episode? Who I was supposed to be? <laughs> I didn't forget I audible in honor of the Eagles playing. You did. See, the the football usurps everything. You were you were supposed to be a very particular person this episode and you didn't do it. I was a very particular person. A very particular person related to the show. Remember? You did a screen I do remember. You did a screen cap of it. I, was, I do. I, I was hoping and waiting for that, but it didn't happen. The beauty of that is it's timeless. I can be that next week. Could you please be that next week? I can. Promise me. I will. I have 100. All right. Unless the Eagles are playing next Thursday as well. If the Eagles are playing next Thursday, you're not watching it. They're not playing next Good. Thursday. You can't. It's a special occasion. Would it do, would it's you a watch, very special occasion. Yeah. Would you watch the Eagles game on, on your wedding anniversary? I think not. <laughs> of course I, I would. would. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, of course I you would. would. Okay. You yeah. Would. Mm-hmm. You absolutely would. Right. I don't believe it. I 100 would. All right. You are 100 would. Um, he is. Pick up on that too. Yes. This past weekend, you know where we were. Uh, wait. Do we have any thank yous first before we drive the bus? Off the cliff. Uh, aside from the patrons, which we'll get to later, but uh, no, nothing. I don't believe anything arrived for me while I was away. Wow, Jason, nothing. Not a thing. Good. You know where we were? We were in New York City at the New York Comic Con, and uh, if you're we, a patron, you followed us around the city. Yeah, we had a ball. Yeah, That's the thing. If if you are a patron, you got to see video interviews with. Um, Gabriel Hardman, Ryan Brownie, uh, who else? Daniel Warren Johnson, Russ Aaron Braun, Cooter, Aaron Cooter, a bunch of different Tony people. Tony Fleas, a lot of folks. Yeah, we did. We also did uh, a special short film. It's a masterpiece. This <laughs> <That laughs> is on the special. Special 22-minute short film. Of this us, is a Pruder film. Yes, of us just, it's not funny, of us just kicking around <laughs> this city um, we have audio updates, multiple audio updates every day. I think, it, all told, what did we kick out? About two and a half hours of content? I'd say. Around yeah. there. Video and audio. So, you know, it, it, it's a nice instigator to get you to maybe take a look at our patron and just see what's up. Not forcing anybody, not guilting anybody. Just check it out. Nope. Um, something extra extra yeah because we have a very special announcement at the end of the episode <laughs> why are you laughing because you're so excited about I it. i am very excited that about is. it as, as well i should be you should be too totally yeah maybe we should wear helmets you'd be excited <laughs> i probably would you're nice <laughs> so we're in new york city living it up at the con, and uh, we live to tell you about it, and that's what you're going to hear for a part of this episode anyway. We are going to uh, go down the list of what we did, who we saw, what we bought, what we maybe ate and drank. I don't know, if you care. And uh, it was a good time. It was, it was a great a, time. It was an absolutely great time. Uh, it, it started a Wednesday evening for us. Uh, as everybody knows, we recorded Tuesday night. 
last week. Uh, so Wednesday, Vince and I made it to Jason's, and uh, Magic was played. And I want that was that was fun. I it was it was I, I enjoyed kicking back and just watching uh, three of the wooden men and Vince play. I'm not going to say a quick round or no. a hand, but it was, it was, go ahead. Multiplayer games are never quick. Right. That's why I, I suggested we play that because one-on-one, yeah, it's fun. But when you got a bunch of guys sitting at a table, I don't, I didn't want to see anybody like thrumming their fingers or, you know, could we put the TV on? Like, so we got everybody involved in it. I wished you pay, you would have played, but that's okay. You know, it, it I didn't was, I want to screw anything up. He's do screw anything up. It was fun watching Jason getting his ass kicked. That was that was fun. Yep, enjoy it. Doesn't happen often. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right? Uh it's probably one of the only things in life where I can give you pointers. No, no, <laughs> don't tap that one, tap that one. You know what I mean? That's fun. I hope you I never had fun though. I hope you never learn the game. No, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Give me my small pleasure. Yeah, it was fun. Um but uh, and we played multiple times over the weekend, which was also good. I mean, I, I can't get enough of the the game. So, but uh, Thursday we shimmied on up to the con, and as we are wont to do, we hit Artist Alley first. And Artist Alley is not in the same location this year as it has been in past years. New setup. Yeah. Uh, and the first thing we noticed, damn, it's hot in here. Oh, yes. Hot as a mug. It was very close and uh, very uh, a lot dimmer than usual. The lighting was not um, that, that open air lighting, not really, but the ceiling in the other part was much higher. So, And the lights seemed to be brighter. So there was a lot more ambient light for the artist uh, to work in but this was it was very close and there was a lot of shadows being cast and that's what we heard from a good number of artists like yeah this the setup's not bad but the lighting is a little weird oh boy right the lighting was um prob- well, I'm not gonna say problematic there were some artists who did mention that uh, it was casting a bit more shadow than they would have liked um, in the in the annex over the past few years. There there are uh, windows of towards the ceiling, uh, which lets in a lot of natural light, which has always um, helped. This it almost felt like a a um, a hotel banquet room with, mm-hmm. with, with the little ceiling bit. and, yeah, and the carpets. Yeah. The, the annex is definitely much more open. It's almost like it's. It's uh, high ceilings, like it's a warehouse, uh, warehouse or like an aircraft hangar. It's just, it, it's, I think it's a better layout, and and which is why it is sorely missed. Uh, understandable as to why it's missing, but uh, I do believe the artists, the creators, the the uh, the art dealers, the reps, they made out pretty well this weekend, even with. Um, any negative aspects of the new location. Yeah, I will say one thing, though. 
I'm on my feet all day, always. Yep. And even with that, the old location, those concrete floors. Oh, they I, were killer. My my legs would would be throbbing at the end of the yeah. day. At the end of the each yeah. day, I didn't have that this year because the the new location for the artist alley has carpet. Mm-hmm. So the padding absorbed a lot of that shock that the, the concrete just sends right up your legs. Uh, so that was a plus. We weren't sore this year. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. David took the words out of my mouth, which is that um, I, I think it was it was cramped. It was the flow of the room wasn't as good as the old place because – there were, especially at the corners and at the ingress and egress spots, um, and it was a little darker, like you said. But um, there was some fear that because the Javits is undergoing this renovation, that if Artist Alley wasn't up to snuff, it would hurt the next few years because creators would opt not to come to New York um, until the Javits expansion is finished in uh, th- four years. Um, but I have to say, it, the capitalist in me says that money talks and. As David alluded, as far as we can tell, this was not only a good show, this was the most profitable show um, in New York Comic Con history for most people. Um, I talked to a number of dealers, of reps, every one of them but one said it was their best show ever, New York show ever. Uh, the other said it wasn't as good as last year, but it was still very profitable. Um, pretty much a straw poll of every artist we spoke to ranging from guys that are highly in demand and have long lines to uh, younger, less known creators that we adore but uh, don't yet have a, a broader cachet, all said they made tons of money. So I think in as much as the show is about mixing pleasure with business, it seems that the new setup didn't have any negative impact. And in fact, in its own way, may have had a positive impact on the business. And when creators go... And they're selling out of their prints and books and what have you by Friday or Saturday. You can bet they'll be ready to come back next year. Jeremy so, Han was giddy. Uh, he's not the only one. Like I said, I, I, I asked a bunch of people um, both while we were at the show and after the show and got nearly universal feedback that it was astoundingly profitable for everybody. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, every, and again, it ranges from people um, that you would expect to make a ton of money to people that often have a lot of dead time at their tables, but, but found much less dead time. And I saw on the, uh, on a chat, I forget what, uh, apologies. I forget what site I saw it, but it was a con recap. And someone made a fascinating point. And I can't say whether this is just presumption or there's truth, but it does make some sense. The, because of the renovation, making the form factor of the show smaller, uh, as we know, the, Con didn't sell week. Uh, they didn't sell multi-day passes this year. You had to buy daily passes, and as a result, a lot of people attributed the record sales to that because people came and only had a one-day pass, so they didn't wait till Sunday to spend their money. And a lot of times, when people wait, then they're more choosy on Sunday. They have second thoughts. They've already spent money going out, so they're less likely to buy the thing they thought they were going to buy. Whereas people came this year on Thursday and had to spend money on Thursday. And they came on Friday and they had to spend money on Friday. And as a result, there was a much steadier stream of people willing to spend money because they had just a day or maybe two at the show. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. But Dap and I were standing in a corner somewhere, 
just I, I think oh we were waiting for you I think yes yeah it was on Saturday for the little while we were at the um, at the show and I believe it was Saturday but yes yeah, yeah. so we went we um, because yeah be, jumping around a bit but yes yeah, so Saturday after the flea market we had lunch and then uh, then we went to the Javits Center. Um, and right, Vince and I, we were uh, waiting, waiting, waiting for Jason. Um, and that's when we saw Jeremy. Right. And Jeremy had a bunch of different variant covers for both The Beauty and uh, Realm. And uh, not only variant covers, but the, the super special. A super secret limited edition that yeah. he brought four of. He brought yeah. four, four copies of that. And he brought over 100 or so of the uh of the the secret variant for uh realm and he's like they're all gone yeah <laughs> what yep he he blew through them all he's like i am i am this is great i'm just so happy and um couldn't happen to a nicer guy uh but quality does attract attention and as mm-hmm. you know the beauty and the realm are, are great stuff so yeah he was he did very well so i i'm glad to see that it was an epidemic <laughs> it was cool beans. Uh, we, um, yeah, I think everybody we pretty much talked to at the show, uh, who was an artist alley who was exhibited, they, they were all, I mean, there have been other cons in recent years where we'll hear after the fact or even during the show if, um, if traffic wasn't too great, if, if they haven't, uh, if they didn't cover their nut, if, if they just weren't. Um, if it wasn't a very profitable or productive weekend, uh, we have heard that over the years at different places. Uh, and it was totally not the case this year. And, and we, it, as much as we're going to try to get across how, how warm artist alley was, it, it was like that pretty much throughout most of the convention, because even upstairs on the main floor, uh, with the, with the vendor booths and the published booths or, or the, the back issue bins, it was very cramped there as well. Yeah, Stupidly so. Tough to move around, but yes. it, it's New York Comic-Con. It, it you, is. You got to expect it. Yeah. It's, it, uh, when, when you're in the thick of it, you know, that's the last thing you want to hear. Oh, well, it is New York. It's like being in a mosh pit sometimes. That's how thick the people get. And uh, what are you going to do? And if there yeah, wasn't, I mean, if there wasn't anybody milling around, there wouldn't have been the show. Would not have the longevity that it's had. So it has. So whatever. Yeah, I find myself in the position this week since we got back of defending Reed on a lot of levels because look, it was they lost a couple hundred thousand square feet, and it's not their fault. Right, the the stuff's gone. They literally get, tore it down because they're building a massive new expansion. And when the expansion is done, the convention center is going to be what everyone's always wanted the Javits to be because uh, the Javits has never been an optimal place. Even though it's it's been crazy that New York City hasn't had a state of the art convention center, and it will. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. big conventions, read included, uh, big conventioneers, read included, have to make the most of it, which is a smaller footprint. And look, did that mean? some changes and some sacrifices and some suboptimal um, 
tweaks absolutely but i will tell you that i i honestly feel that given the fact that 180,000 plus people flowed through that place um and that they lost a lot of square footage i i think it was i have to tip my cap to them i think they did a very nice job it, given the circumstances i i i think that um to whatever extent they could ameliorate the more cramped quarters they did right um they they tried to improve the con in other ways. Uh, there were much much better food availability for people to not have yes. to leave the con. Uh, a ton of food trucks. Uh, we didn't avail ourselves of them. Well, we we took advantage of the coffee one. Yes. Um, a ton more things inside the convention center. Um, mainly uh, coffee places, extra Starbucks, but. The other interesting change this year, and again, I don't know if this is a Reed thing or a Javits thing or what have you, but they served alcohol this year. They had bars inside of the place, um, which you know could have been a problem, right? Um, certainly, people at, at stadiums drink too much, and it can get a little crazy. And when you have one hundred eighty thousand people, it's entirely possible that a few people are going to drink too much, and then. It causes a problem, but I have to say that um, if there were issues like that, they were well contained. And well, that may have been mm-hmm. a contributing factor to that little incident we saw. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's we can we can definitely speculate on it, but it's I don't. It's not to say maybe someone had a beer too many, but it it really, I the way. The way the guy carried himself after the throwdown happened, I and, and he, I don't know if the the dude in white, the, the the gentleman who was pummeled, I don't know if he ruined Mega Man's costume because it it, it looked like things weren't intact after the scuffle. So it may have just been a long day. It may have been a short fuse. Again, it it may have something to do with alcohol being served but i think it was also it was sunday it was the the end of the day uh there may have been a few contributing factors going on there well you you mess with mega man you that's what you get exactly you know what i mean you get the vest uh the um i didn't i we i did i'm sorry i was gonna say i didn't find the eagle moss booth we were going to bring our our uh our star trek uk strip book to Eagle Moss. Um, that didn't happen, but we, thanks to Vince, I eventually found the Eagle Moss booth, but I wasn't, uh, it was. They didn't have books. They didn't have books, but they didn't. Um, the last year's, I think, display of the models uh, was presented a little better, and, and, and you were able to go up to the table and, and purchase things there. This, this seemed a little um, not as, I'm not going to say not as well thought out it just it, it it was a different setup which is fine i mean every year booths are gonna be a tad different i mean you can have a long table with a bunch of creators that, that are going to be there to sign things but uh for the most part they're either going to have different banners different different uh different walls showcasing their wares uh and and a different setup when it comes to actually purchasing things from them but wasn't able to get anything from eagle moss it wasn't a very um it wasn't a very shop heavy con for me there there were there were some books bought uh but it i i honestly expected before the weekend to leave 
the convention with a lot more than I actually bought. I think we did pretty good. But um, oh, you made out like a bandit, yeah, no, well, without a doubt, and, uh, yeah. and and Jason as well. It's not, and I'm not, you know, everything I bought, uh, it's not like there are any regrets or anything. I was just hoping, I think, to um, to be a little bit more free with my spending, and and there wasn't really much that I I I couldn't find anything uh, for my wife, and every time I thought I could, it was just. Um, it was even the couple of times where we left Jason in Artist Alley and we went back upstairs to look around. Nothing really caught my eye. I, I, I checked. Um, we love fine. I checked uh, the style and superheroes. I, I checked a few of the clothing boots. Um, you know, I was looking for I, even even some of the artists who I thought could probably draw something that I could commission uh, either the few times that I had somebody in mind, they weren't at the table, um, which is fine. And, and uh, there just wasn't really a lot of opportunities, which is weird because I mean, we were there for all four days. Well, we were there for the three days and, and for a bit on Saturday. Um, but yeah, it was for some reason, because we, we're kind of winging it and, and just seeing where the days took us. Um, I had no game plan and that was probably um, a detriment for me. Yeah. Well, it was a light weekend in general. I I was on hiatus. So (laughs) yeah. Funny. Yeah. You better look that word up. So it was was low key. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Super low key. For me, it was hiatus though. It, Oh, absolutely! Listen, let's let's be honest. This was a different show. We met. We hinted at it before the show, but this was a very different show logistically for us. We didn't have our any of our crew with us, True. Um, which which is un, it was unusual. It was weird. It felt weird. We we didn't have uh, most notably Roland because he's been at every New York Comic Con with us for what five straight, I think, something like that. At least, yeah. yeah. So so no Roland. He couldn't make it over the uh, across the way this year. Uh, no, 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 Ray, no Mario. Um, really, no, no, like I said, none of our none of our peeps, our, our main peeps, peeps that would stay with us or a hotel with us or something, were there. Um, well, that last one's which, a gift from God, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, and uh, and then all joking aside, while he did come away with a, a handful of, of pretty awesome pieces. Um, you would have to acknowledge that this was a far less uh, frantic, uh, obsessive away quest than is yes. usual for me to con. Yes. It, it was. Where it's, it it's, norm- it's normally a nonstop, I need to maximize every minute and get everything I can get. Yeah. So that did allow us, along with you guys not doing as much shopping, um, that did allow us to be relatively unencumbered. In fact, I, I found it interesting that, I'm sure it was the same with you two, but I probably was asked by people at, in Artist Alley at different tables that we would run into a hundred times. Oh, what are you searching for? What are you doing? Where are you going next? Yeah. And normally I would say, Oh, I'm about to go here and get this piece here. And then I got to go talk to this person about this. But I was stuck to answer this time. It was essentially like, Oh, I'm just, just chilling. Yeah. Just walking around, just, just chatting up people, no real agenda. And people looked at me like I was an alien. I think cause they're so used to me 
being just nonstop on the go. And I was just, no, I'm cool, man. We can sit here and chat. I'm good. Whatever, whatever yeah. we want to do. Well, the first day we got there, we, the, I think one of the, uh, um, first people we talked to was Brian Vander. And he's like, I'm a little bit disappointed. And Jason, yeah, he said we were Jason, low key. Yeah, Jason, yeah. You know, he goes, you guys are like a little, little deadpan, a little low key. Let's, what's going on? And so we're just hanging back, seeing what's up getting lay of the land but that was yeah. all four days you know it was it really was i mean we could say that about thursday and then i mean once we get through all dozen or so aisles of artist alley um because they're split in the middle but um once you kind of know where everybody is and it was really it was this year it i think because it, it was lacking the length of the annex i think um which again, unfortunately, is why some artists weren't able to attend this year. But it was much easier if Jason had to get back to Splash Page, or if we were heading over to Mahmoud, or if we had to find Jim Toe. You know, we mm-hmm. it was very easy to navigate, and and we had the markers to know where everybody was. So, uh, like Vince said, you know, we kept saying, you know, we're just getting a feel for things, but it. Even though we kind of knew where everything was by the end of the day Thursday, it was still just a, it was weird from the get-go because once we parked the car on Thursday, we took a rather longer way around to get to the Javits Center. And then we did some walking before realizing where we came in, all we had to do was take the escalator down to artist alley so it was almost from the get-go we never really got our bearings and and it kind of just snowballed from from there it was um but we kind of always knew where everybody would be i think um uh signal perception as far as cell phones and texting i think i think it was the best it's been in years because uh, we were always able to find out where everybody was if if anybody got separated, um, you know. Even eventually, with with, with my aunt finding us, it, it was which you know is as as slight as she is to be able to find her in in this throng of people. Um, it it's yes, as 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 packed as it was, it was still manageable. You know, it, it, it's not like everybody was just. If you wanted to make a right, you couldn't because the, the the wave of people is just forcing you to move in this one direction. You you weren't at the mercy of anybody. You 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 could get off the conveyor belt if you wanted to. It was just a um, it you, it was still the New York Comic Con, but it was just slightly different, and and that was something I I really couldn't shake throughout the entire weekend. Hmm. I stopped counting the number of uh, photographs I disrupted. Around ten. <laughs> it's that. That is, you know, okay. There's, there were, there were a lot of people stopping to have their photo taken. So again, that's, and I don't know if that is, I. The fault lies in both. It's not like you can blame the cosplayer for stopping. You also have to be aware that the person asking to take the photo is also killing the flow of traffic. Um, so basically two parties of fault right there. Yeah, I don't, I have no concerns. For and either, I don't discriminate, right. Yeah, no, they're both, you know, they're, you're both equally at fault. Um, 
If you do it to the oh. side, I will not bother you. You will never right. see me. If you do it in an access way, I don't care. Yeah. I'm walking right through the photo. Whatever. Photo bomb the hell out of it. Yeah. The uh, and I know Jason quoted the website, but there were a lot of rolling carts. And it, what doesn't help is that when you have American Tourister as a vendor upstairs on the main floor selling rolling suitcases right, uh, to take with you, not like pre-order, not like we'll ship it to your home, you're leaving the booth with that suitcase, what else are you going to do except roll it around behind you on the convention floor? So right. it's very hard to say no rolling carts when someone is selling fucking rolling carts at the convention. Wow. True. So there were a lot of people who either were walking slowly because their cart was behind them and you may be kicking it because they're going slower than you want to walk or you have a larger stride than them. Or you just have people like Vince said, just, just stopping because it's not, it, it was mostly, it was, it was the photographs and it was the rolling carts. Even people who did the whole kind of mall walk, or, or or window shopping walk where they're walking and then they stop in the middle to look at something. Those people were kind of easy to navigate around. It, it, yeah. it didn't help. Mm -hmm. You might trip over them, but at least, you know, it's one person instead of a whole scene being done around them. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, those are small nuisances to put up with as far as, you know, the, the access to so much, that that we had available to us I and mean, the the um the, the 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 panels that they had which which seemed to be um as i say for the most part a huge hit except maybe the the, the marvel retail panel on uh on that one day but there were i mean, I, I marked um the artist alley pages as far as everybody we we did see and spoke to, but uh, there were a few people who I realized that I wanted to see that I didn't like Dennis Cowan. Uh, but even I mean, it's still like five six pages of Artist Alley people. It was still a very um, it was still a very busy show. I I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, not just hanging out with my booze, but it was um, it was definitely I think. Overall, maybe because of the lack of game plan and, and just the, the more freewheeling nature of it, I, it was definitely one of the more fun New York Comic Cons I've, I've, um, I've experienced in recent years. Right. Well, our home base, more or less, was Felix Lou's section. Yeah, and, it's and, very and, true. And it was. And at any given time, you could saunter up to, to his place and not only get to talk to, to Felix and, and Yams and, and the, the group uh, responsible for the, the giant section, but Daniel Warren Johnson, Scotty Young, Riley Rossmo, um, Trad Moore, and, and Dragata, yeah. yeah, Nick Dragata. And um, I think we should use a little segue to talk about an actual book right now and then we can come back to the con but while we were there the very first thing that we procured was from mr daniel warren johnson and Indeed. i think we should just retitle the show daniel warren johnson show for how much i planned we plan maybe not dap after that that last commission 
but um, <laughs> talk about his work because he had uh, Daniel's been producing these little um, uh, self-published self published yeah self published comics. I don't want to call it a mini comic, although it is smaller in stature than a regular comic. But it's it's a um, a snippet, if you will. What what is it about? Sixteen pages. No, that. yeah, twelve, sixteen pages. Um, the the first one he did was was the uh, I will call it famous because it got a lot of accolades. The uh, the Green Leader, yeah, and then he did the Star Trek related one, the Martok. Martok last year, yeah. Uh, but this year he decided to uh, dip his luxurious hair into the <laughs> what universe. Uh you were going to say uh, Pacific Rim? Yes, the Pacific Rim universe, focusing yeah. on the uh, the Russian Jagger, the, the Cherno Alpha. And um, I don't really think we should dip into the last page, let that, no. let that sit. But yeah. um, it does cast the events, certain events of the movie in a completely different light now. Yeah, I want to see the movie again now. Um, but it's it's um, <laughs> Sasha and Alexis, and they get called out for a Category 4 uh, kaiju. Um, it's a visual spectacle. It really is. Like, you get to see the Cherno in, uh, in the dock, and the amount of detail. It's a double-page spread, and it's just staggering. Yeah. That's the the best word I can use. It's it's the most accurate word. It's freaking staggering. There's pipes and hoses and 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 uh, access ways and ladders and it's and and of course the cherno. But he's got it lit from below with the with the zipatone. It's a oh my god. I I I love him, but I, geez, I, I, why is there a person on on this planet that's this freaking good? And it's not me. <laughs> I'm envious. I really am. I love this spread. You guys, you guys both read it, yes? Yes. Oh yeah. Well, Jason's what's... reading it between downs. <laughs> That's not true. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's completely not true. No, I'm I'm. If you must know, I'm actually looking for it. I had it. I thought I had it up here in my TV room, but I don't. I must have left it down in the kitchen. Ah. I was I was going to reference a page, but I don't know. Uh, but I mean, you, yeah, you get to see the the Alex, Alexis and uh, Sasha in the control pit, and they're all hooked up with the with the helmets, and there's the the the. It's just an excruciating amount of detail, but it doesn't look. It's not busy. It's not. It isn't distracting, and he uses um, sound effects to amazing yeah, effect in this. Yeah. Uh, and then we, the eventual kaiju that does show up has boobies. It's got, yes. It's got, it's got big old dangly boobies. Which, which also may. Yeah, no, 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 no. I know, I know. So, um. Yeah, there, there is a, there's a, a very, well, if you've read, uh, Green Leader and, and Martok, you know, even though he is a very good-humored guy in in person, he's he just he's he's exuberant and he's just 
giddy with the fact that he loves reading and making comics. He's he's just a fun person to be around. His the 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 mini comics have not been upbeat. <laughs> they're not, they're not feel good, happy. No, they're not. Uh, no, they're they're not. Uh, you, you don't you don't put the book down feeling super good about life. No, uh, which is you know it, it's which is pretty impressive that in a handful of pages, in action packed pages, highly detailed pages, you you put a book down where you you were kind of given an emotional kick to the taint. Yeah. And it only and, happens and in, in one page. Mo- the, the majority of the issue is the Cherno just throwing down with the Kaiju. And it's, yep. you know, bombastic and gigantic sound effects um, with the, the main character overlaid and the the beast lying on its back in the, in the, in the foreground. And it's, um, it's colossal and it's, it's, all action except for the last page but it's the last page you remember that's the takeaway that's the thing that reaches back in time to the Mm -hmm. movie and and says okay you're gonna feel different about this scene after you read my comic yeah it's insane it's 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 pretty freaking cool that daniel picks one pop culture title each season or so to do this, right? Yep. Be- and and he, he picked, I wouldn't say more obvious ones the, the first two times out, but certainly um, two Mount Rushmore level universes in Star Wars and Star Trek. And while I'm certainly a big Pacific Rim fan, this was definitely a little more digging into the crates, and I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I know Same what the, the next one's going to be. It better not be Doctor Who or Mount. Well, Does he I, watch Doctor Who? I, don't even I hope know. not. Yeah, I don't. Nah. I don't think it's for me to say. He may have told me in confidence. He described it. He was giddy. Oh, you know what it is. Oh, I, I know exactly what it is. Oh, okay. Then don't say. In case I'm, I'm not. That, but that's his thing. This, these are his special books that he. I, I would never say. Don't ask mm-hmm. me on 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 the website or on the the Facebook because right. I'm not going to say. But I, I will. I can confirm that it's not Doctor Who. Excellent. Okay. That's all I needed to hear. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Cool. Is it GoBots? I'm not saying. Mask? I'm not Mask? saying. Don't know. I will not tell you. Inhumanoids? But he was acting it muscle? out for me. And it's, Ooh, muscle. That would be great. He, it's going to, if if he, well, he when he pulls it off, it will be the biggest, most bombastic mini-comic he's done. Wow. Yep. That's big doings. Yeah. Paul Blart. (laughs) 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 You're a dick. Oh, I'm a dick. No, that would be so great to see Daniel Warren Johnson do a a Paul Blart. We said big doings, not fat doings. Dude. Not not a fan of the Paul Blart. You're better than that. Yeah, we know. know. Not a fan of the Kevin James. Uh, Do Do not get it. It's okay. You'll grow Don't up someday, it. and you'll understand. Yeah, no. I, I, he's only funny because he's ginormous. No, he's no, not. Uh, that's not true at all. Mm. Mm. What's Agree funny? To disagree. What's funny about a fat person? Are you serious? Yeah. Why? Are, why is fat funny? I don't. Think I don't know. Funny. But are you denying that it is a common trope in comedy? 
No, it's just funny people. Maybe if the three if the three Stooges were were svelte, handsome dudes, would it have been funny? If three Stooges aren't fat. The only one that's fat is wait. Pardon? No, they're, they're all not, kind of overweight. Not well. They're they're all chubby. They they're not. They're big, you know, they're chubby, but they're not fat. Well, now we're playing no, semantics. Not, right? They're not fatty Arbuckle. I mean, we're not. It's... Well, yeah, he he <laughs> was <Arbuckle>. big. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, did you say he's dead? Because the Stooges aren't. <laughs> That's funny. But before we veer off too far yes. into the uh, ether, um, you are right. We, we need to give we need to carve a little time out to spend on giving Felix and his crew all the love because for real. Um, you know, Felix has been uh, become a friend in recent years and uh, more so this past year between uh, heroes and, 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 and New York. But but I would say that it's 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 now gotten to the point where post this last weekend he, it, Felix is part of the circle of trust he's part he's the feast family now he's he's in the same he's 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 he's, re, he's attained EOC familia pantheon level I would say would you agree I, I you know I I absolutely would it's it's a uh I thought that after heroes no I'm saying if there was any doubt right right okay yeah it's it's been for sure reinforced because um not only not only does Felix there's a lot to say about this but Professionally, Felix has built an an unbelievably impressive operation at Felix Comic Art, and not just in the sense of he's a professional and reliable art rep, which he is, but we got a glimpse in several ways this weekend about how he has been able to build one of the most, if not the most, professional um, art rep businesses, but at the same time, he's created a family with his, with his artist buddies. Yep. I mean, they are, they all love each other like a fraternity. I mean, it's, they're, they're homies. They, 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 they travel together. They, you know, they've gone to Tokyo together. Um, there's genuine love when they're all set up together. It's not just a bunch of talented guys that happen to have the same rep. They all appreciate each other. They all, um, push each other. Uh, they've become genuine friends. And I think that's, it's not easy. You know, we've all, we've all been around the block a time or two in, in various businesses and ventures. It is not easy to run a successful business. It's, it's not easy to foster a culture of camaraderie and friendship. It's, it's next to impossible to do both at the same time. And he, he has managed to do that. And I think that's pretty awesome. And we really, I think I, I we've always known that about them they, they they give off that veneer but i think it was cemented that that's the reality at the show between the dinner which we'll get to and seeing the love that everyone had for each other at that dinner and then also things like the sunday interaction with uh, a certain legendary artist and how they all got like little schoolboy kids giddy about meeting him i just the whole thing was was great and and felix treated us with with such generosity uh, and friendship that uh, that uh, there's just a lot of love there, and I, I got I got to say thanks to him, and and, uh, and and I know I speak for you both when I say it's just, it's just massively appreciated on it's, a lot of levels. It is. So. But the thing I like about Felix is even though he's totally immersed in the business side of things, he never acts like he has to be somewhere else when he's talking to you, or right. he always makes a point of stopping on the way and talking and, you know, just, just hanging for a little bit. Or did you see this? Like he's, he shares 
his in, in in fact infatuation with the art with us and and vice versa like he he will look at your stuff like what'd you get like he's totally interested in what you have to show him um mm-hmm. and he's not stuffy at all you know that that's what i love about him like he's so he's laid back but he's not you can't be laid back and have that much success but in his presence you don't get the sense that he wants to be anywhere else other than where he is right at that moment, which is difficult. I mean, it's extremely difficult because he's got it going on. He's got a lockdown on how to run a successful stable of artists. Mm-hmm. Like I was making jokes. You see the flaws in the other guys when you compare them to what Felix has done. Sure. Like there, there are a couple that I consider clowns now. Because of no, I'll be honest. I, I look at the way he's done it, and then I juxtapose the other methods with with Felix, and it's just like, do they even know what they're not doing? Do they? They don't see it. Maybe mm-hmm. they, you know. And it's just it's it's ridiculous how the precision and, and like a well oiled machine. He's amazing. He is, and I, I will say that. Um other artists have taken notice. We, we had several conversations with artists that we're friends with that are not repped by Felix. And I was fascinated by how much they know about the way he handles his business and have respect for it. Um, he, he's, he's, he's on every, he's on everybody's radar is, is a, I guess the most polite way to say it. Lots of folks have taken notice about, um, because here's the thing, right? He, he, As someone that I guess would be considered a, a relatively sizable art collector at this point, to whatever extent that means, at least someone that people, the reps know who I am. Um, I will not lie that that from a selfish standpoint, it's hella nice to think that you've curried some kind of favor to the point where you get special treatment, right? I mean, everyone likes special treatment. Um, but to Felix's credit, and this is why he balances things, you don't get special treatment when it comes time to procuring art from Felix because frankly, every client is important to him. So whether you've spent $10,000 with him or you've never bought a page, he gives you exactly the same access, the same pricing, the same ability to buy a new piece of art. So for example, when Paul Pope's sale came up, Felix lets you know, Hey, the sale is going to go up at 12 noon on Wednesday and again, whether you've never bought something from him before or you've bought 100 pieces from him before, you get no no treatment. You you both have to show up at 12 and try and buy those pages and first come, first serve. And again, as a collector, I have benefited from being treated preferentially by other dealers. And again, selfishly, it's nice because who doesn't like to have special treatment? But as a businessman, I think one of the reasons that he has built – a business so as as quickly and successful as he has is because he doesn't do that. And the fact that he doesn't doesn't in any way d- detract from my willingness to buy from him. In fact, quite the contrary, right? So kudos to him for that, man, because again, I, I think that he's he's zigged where others have zagged, and I think for the better, both of his business and, and it hasn't it's not like doing that um keeps people from buying from him because they're like, oh well, you know, I've already bought X things from you and you should have given me a, a no, 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 man. Like you want your stuff, then you show up and you hook it up. And if you don't, then there'll be more art another time. So it's pretty, it's impressive. It really is. Agreed. Yep. 
Should we speak on the dinner? I think we should, because that was the lead-in. Well, you do it, because this is your thing. It's my thing. It is your (laughs) thing. Okay, well, um, again, continuing with with Felix and his crew, Felix reps Paul Pope, who, um, you know, certainly is is legend status. He's a rock star. Uh, Rock star, yeah. Yep. And um, as part of the show, there was a very limited opportunity to get Paul Pope commissions for a certain price. And if you purchased one of the commissions, you also were um, invited to attend a dinner with Paul. Um, because I'm on hiatus, I was not, uh, unfortunately, uh, given clearance by the wife to procure one of Paul's <laughs> commissions, even though I much, I very much would have liked to have, um, which is fine. It is what it is. Um, but um, the dinner kind of took on a life of its own beyond it just being Paul Pope and Felix and the art, uh, the commission buyers. Uh, and it became kind of a more of a get together for Felix comic art. And so when we got there on Thursday, Felix was very kind enough to uh, extend an invitation to the three of us to attend the dinner on Friday night. And needless to say, we were gobsmacked at the uh, opportunity to, to have dinner with, with, with Paul. And then it quickly became obvious it was going to be um, a total blast because uh, it wasn't just Paul uh, that was going to be there. It was really the whole Felix crew that was in town, which includes our homie, Scotty. Um, so we, you know, we had already been planning for the weeks leading up to the show to make sure that we had had a meal with Scotty at some point of the weekend. And so we were able to kill uh, many birds with one stone. So we rolled to El Quixote, which is a Spanish restaurant downtown a bit. Uh, and we walk in and I don't think we were unusually early. But I feel like we were one of the first, I feel like we, it was, we were pretty early when we got there in the sense that the room wasn't full yet. And when we get there, we see Felix, of course, and Yams and Henry. And Scotty was there already, along with Riley Rossmo, uh, another buddy of ours and another Felix rep, and Daniel, Warren Johnson. And then who do we see sitting at the table? Who do we see? <laughs> who do we see? Mr. Kim Jong-ji. Kim Jong-ji, what? Now, if you don't know who Kim Jong-ji is, shame on you. Pause the show and go Google him. But he is a South Korean illustrator. Uh, and it's kind of a fascinating thing because he really isn't a comic artist per se. I mean, he hasn't done comics. But um, somewhere in the cultural zeitgeist, he became a phenomenon that um, that extended into the comics world. I think part of that was because Marvel asked him to do a couple live murals in relation to Civil War 2 and a few other events that went viral. But for whatever reason, Mr. Jung-ji has attended cons in the States the last year or two. He has um, where he brings his art books and he does sketches and that sort of thing. But regardless, uh, he is not affiliated with Felix in any way uh, professionally, but he was there with his good friend and uh, one of his assistants, which was crazy. Um, and then the room started filling up. It was a number of other collectors. There was Trad Moore and his wife, Heather, right? That's, yes, Heather? Am I right? Yes. yes. Um, it, uh, Ian Bertram, another Felix artist. Um, who else? Uh, Cliff Chang, 
was there, and it's great to see him. Haven't seen him in a long time. Um, let's see who else was there. I'm just trying to think. Uh, Nick Dragata, of course, was there. And um, anyone else? Am I, am I missing anybody? Uh, all right, so... Oh, um, Af- Afu Chan, the, the artist... Uh, yes, yes. For, of, for, uh, for the, the uh, digital... Artists. Yes. Yeah. Um, is that it? Do you guys remember? I, I think that's it. Your head? And, and, I think, and then, and, and then, of course, and then Mr. Paul Pope, who, who was fittingly the uh, the last to arrive, the guest of honor, and it was a big table, big honking L shaped table, and then another side table. And we had a blast. It was a a fun, relaxed night where drinks were flowing, laughs were being had, trash was being talked. Uh, the food was delicious. Y'all had some steaks. I had some paella. Um, it was all goodness. It was it was almost surreal. Um, we had a chance to, to mingle. We got a chance to talk with uh, with just about everybody there, and um, including Mr. Pope, who was super yes. cool. And uh, you know, look, we 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 can't guarantee anything because this time last year we came on and said that we were going to have Christopher Priest on, and uh, <laughs> that that never happened, even though through no fault of ours, I might say. Um, so we can't say for sure, but 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 uh, but Paul Pope was incredibly gracious and fun and. He did express a willingness to come on the show, so um, we will see. Again, no guarantees because you know things happen, but uh, but that is our hope. Um, and a number of the other artists in attendance uh, also expressed interest in coming on the show. Um, I was surprised and humbled at how many of them listened to the show, and I think probably it's a combination of Scotty bigging us up all the time and Felix bigging us up. So so props to them both for that. But uh, I just had a blast, man. It was great. All the dudes were cool. Every one of them was super cool, yeah. as were their their significant others. So uh, it was a it was a night though where it was kind of like pinch me because you know oh, totally um, totally many of the artists that we've mentioned are amazing artists, but we've also had the good fortune of already knowing them. But then to have Mr. Jung Ji and and Paul Pope uh, and Cliff hanging out as well was 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 incredible. You know, Cliff is you know Cliff won the, the Eisner this year for best cartoonist for. Paper Girls and, you know, Paul Popes, obviously. I mean, you could pro- there were probably 15, 20 Eisners deep in that. Uh, oh, at least, that. yeah. Right? And, and one of the great things about being in tight with a lot of our favorite creators is you hear things. You overhear things sure. that, that sure. you know, artist A is talking to artist B, and it's like, we should totally do this. Let's do this. Let's try this character. And then they'll turn, like, you mention that and you're you're done like you hear the you see the behind the scenes inner workings of what could possibly be a collaboration somewhere and it's like awesome to 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 overhear um but uh like i i'm looking at paul from across the table and he's giving me the eye and i was like okay cool um but the the i i've always called him a rock star and i'm thinking who in the great pantheon of of rock stars, who would he be most like? And then it just hit me, Mark Bolin, of T Rex. There is a lot of similarity between Mark Bolin and Paul Pope. I can't begin to tell you whether I agree or disagree because <laughs> I don't know anything about okay. Mark Bolin from T Rex. <laughs> the one thing about T Rex, you, you, you opened up my chest cavity and yeah. you shit right into my heart when when Wait, you say yeah, things are you like not that. With me on this? I'm I'm aware of T Rex. No, but I've do you not... know? Did you have any frame of reference about Mark Bolin as a human being? No. Thank you. 
Oh my God! Both well, no. Dap is just being kind to you. Dap knows. Oh my he, God! He's 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 looking at the situation. He's saying, "Jason's coming up short again. I'm gonna try and lift him up <laughs> one bit." You know. Wow. But, but no, I mean, if you look at Mark Bowen's career, he came out of left field with a style that nobody else was doing. Um, he played with the 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 art form of not only the music but the lyrics as well like he's he's an mark mark bowen was an artiste uh in a lot of ways and 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 then after in his wake many many people aped the t-rex style um and that's that's paul pope and he even kind of resembles mark bowen a little bit physically just a little but i'm just saying he the dude's a rock star and just to to get up in close with him get a picture taken with him, hold his hand. It was like, oh, my mm. God, I, this yeah. is like heaven. And it's it, you follow that chain back. Who's responsible for this? Felix. Yeah, and, and, and we none, the three of us were not fortunate enough to get commissions from Paul. But let me tell you, part of the dinner at the end was, was the unveiling of the commissions. Oh, my goodness. For the, for the people that were there. And my gods. Um Listen, I'm not going to talk about how much they were because I don't want to air the people's business. They were not inexpensive, as you would expect them not to be. But, but they I will were tell l- you, less I, than I thought well, they would be, right? I was, well, I was going to say, with all candor, in the world that we live in now and knowing what different people charge, after mm-hmm. seeing them and, and considering that they're from Paul Pope, I think they were more than worth the price. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, most of the images were in the Bat universe, which I found odd. I agree. Um, I think, what were there, 12 there, I think? 12? I think there were 12 commissions there. There were a number that, of people that couldn't make it, and I think those commissions were either delivered or will be delivered. But I think there were 12 unveiled, and maybe 11 or 12, but but eight or nine of them were, were bat, bat-related yeah. images. Uh, nat- um, naturally, there was a Batman 100. Yeah, there was Dark right. Knight, Armored Bat. Felix got a Dark Knight, which is one of his themes that he collects yams was one of the few that didn't get a bat one. He got a samurai, which is one of the things he collects. And by the way, I get giddy when I get new art. Nobody gets more excited than yams. When he gets no, his art. no, oh, you're right. You're exactly. Right. He's got a million dollar smile when it comes he's to like art. A, his teeth. is just like, dude, shut it off. Cause you're blind to me. It's he's just so happy and yeah. bubbly. And he's bouncing around showing, and he plays a damn fine harmonica. He does. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, looks like maybe thirteen or fourteen pieces. Okay. And there was okay. a, there was a Catwoman. Yes, right. Yes. There was a Catwoman. There was a Mohawk Storm. Right, that uh, was the other non bat that I could remember. Yeah, and the, the Ujimbo, the Mohawk Storm. Okay. Um, something that looks like almost a uh, oh, there's a Geisha. Okay. And oh, the Fin Fang Foom. Oh, that's right. That was was gorgeous. Oh, Oh, yeah, it was. It was gigantic, too. But don't, doesn't anybody find it odd that no one tapped Paul to do his own characters? Like from T. I was, yeah. Like from THB or something? Like, why? I don't, I don't get it. But I mean, a pop hope is. I I would have had him draw Aurora West. Hmm. Interesting. Because that I would have, I would have loved to have him draw Aurora and have David Rubin draw Battling Boy. Nice, swap it up, switch, switch it, up. it up. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That I like cool. that. Did Thank Dap you. suggest that or 
Oh man, really? Come on! I thought we were still in the love boat. <laughs> but uh, if you if you guys had the cache and the opportunity to go back in time, what would you have had him draw? Oh, that's easy. Good. I would go with a commandy related character, not the title character. I would have him draw Prince Tufton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like it. I like it. That. Um. Knowing his style and the way he is with, with lines, I would probably go for a Spider-Man. Oh, nice. my goodness. Can you imagine that? Paul Pope Spider-Man would be hot. <laughs> yeah. He did Spider-Man, you know. Super hot yeah. fire. <laughs> Super hot fire was another big thing over the weekend. It was. No, I think... Uh, the, the the dinner was one of those once in a lifetime. It was just it was I I just kept saying it was surreal. I mean it was it's one thing to kind of go with the flow. We we've done that. We've been at conventions where we've kind of just been um, herded with other folks and and uh, just based on our close proximity to other people or you know we're okay. What what are you guys doing? What what where you guys planning on going for dinner or something and we end up at the diner or something like that with, with a few people that, you know, you normally wouldn't spend a lot of time with outside of a convention. But this was, this was completely on, on a whole other level. I mean, the fact that, that, that Felix was gracious enough to, to extend an invite to us. And, um, and it's not like, and, and this is what was, I think enhanced it for me is the fact that, it's not like we were just three dudes hanging out in a corner watching everything go on or, or, or just kind of playing the wallflowers and, and feeling like we were at a place. I mean, we were sitting at a table shooting shit with Scotty and Nick and Riley and, and it, it was, it was just kind of that, 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 that thing where you, May have heard some things that you normal. It's the kind, maybe the kind of situation where if if say someone was right running a a rumored news site uh, would take some of these overheard conversations and and go run right. off with them and, and report them on things. It was a completely just. It was it was a different. Um, it was it was a different environment than what I think we're we're normally used to as far as a as far as a convention and and the fact that like I said it, that that Felix thought enough of us to to say you guys want to come have dinner with us it was uh, it flattering humbly it was just I it I I was I was completely floored yeah. it's true and usually our boy Scotty uh, likes to uh, big time us at these shows. Uh, not just messing with him, but but uh, we often plan on hanging out with him. But but a lot of times he gets pulled away at uh, because of different responsibilities. So it was. Yeah, nice I mean, you got to cut him a break because he works so hard at these conventions. It was oh, the I first know. time at New York, and and I mean those those two hour shifts had to have taken a lot out of him. <laughs> oh, come on, well, but, now uh, we'll talk though. Well, wait a minute. I mean, now, now I know you're really kidding, oh, but uh, but but to be fair, it must be somewhat tiring to have to smile chat and sign books nonstop for two hours, which is well, what Scotty does. Great is, is that whenever it doesn't matter how long the line is and Scotty's line was fucking long. It does not matter how long someone is standing on line to say hi, to get a sketch, to get something signed, to shake Scotty's hand or to take a photo with him. As soon as they approach Scotty, 
he just oozes, he exudes this, 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 I don't know what the hell it is, but everybody who got to his table was smiling. It's just, it's, it's insane. It, it, it's, I don't know what it is. If, if, if he could bottle it and sell it, I think the world would be a much better place. It's just everybody that, that went up to his table, they just huge smile, giddy, happy to be, like say happy to be near him. But I mean, the, the fact that whatever mood they were in while standing on that line, it was just, he, he just made them smile and feel good. And, and it was great to witness. And I think he said that at heroes, he'd see people, get something signed or roll the dice and then get back online to try their luck again. I, I think he said it in New York. He did not see any repeats at all. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You know, another thing that, uh, we're jumping around a little bit, another thing that warms my heart after the show going on to Facebook, to groups like the comic sketch group that, uh, has 9,000 plus members mm-hmm. and seeing everybody posting their New York comic con hall, seeing so many people, Post pieces from our boy Vander. Yes, nice. Dude's making yeah. a name for himself. I'm telling you, man. I mean, these are ball. So a lot of these guys are baller collectors, you know, tastemakers, if you will. And I feel like everyone that got, you know, a decent amount of art, Vander was up in that collection. Good for and him. I think that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. I mean, right. we've sung his praises. I got. I mean, I I love his work as do you guys. But I'm saying, but like, you know, as as he would attest. I mean, he's new to the game. I mean, he's not. You know, he hasn't yeah. done a. He's done, you know, he's done one published book so far. He's working on a second, but but he hasn't done any image or big two work yet. And and so to see him already getting the respect for what a badass commission artist he is is, is really great. It's it's, and it's awesome to see some of those posts in 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 those sketch groups. Uh, you see, yeah, you know, people post everything that they they acquired over the weekend, and and they'll they'll break down the prices and they'll say, you know, who drew what, and. With Vander, there were some people say, "Oh, you know, I got uh, I, everybody that yeah, I, I got a Gabriel Hardman, and 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 I got I got this from Andy Kubert, and and, it's, and then they get you know they, they they got a Vander Cyclops on their jam piece, or they got and and it's it, it's great seeing Brian's name with all these other people, but I think what really makes it for Vander is the fact that pieces he's drawn for us are on his banner, and that is what attracts people to his table." Mm-hmm. No doubt. No doubt. I I have to say that uh, that um, yeah. I mean, it's, it'd be it'd be awesome to see him. You know, uh, I, I expect big things from Vander in the next twelve months. Put it that way. I'm trying to choose my words carefully here so as not to preempt anything. But yes, nice. One of the uh, things that uh, if you, unfortunately for me, one of the things that you can see if you're one of our patron subscribers is uh a documentary documentation of me telling scotty that i'd crush him and 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 it, and it was at that dinner saturday night um we were having some kind of conversation and jason brought up chris and this is how jason said it bacalo and scotty goes y'all mangle his name he goes i told you it's it's bacello and he goes, Vince is the worst. He says Bacalo all the time. And I'm like, Scotty, I will crush you. I said, you, I don't know why I said it. I didn't mean it. I, I could not possibly crush him. But Scotty has told me from day one, it's Pacello. It's Pacello. It's so, and, and when Scotty says 
things, they matter to me. I listen. I take note. I, mental jotting of the words that come out of his mouth, boom, in my mind. So I take great pains to say Bacello, and he thought I was the worst transgressor of the... <laughs> and I was like, oh, just, why? Oh, but, I mean, you could see the video. It's up there, unfortunately. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was my, it was my few moments of, of actually... Manning the camera. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to, again, this, uh, this is, um, the, the Felix praise and love is, is, is more than well deserved. I, I do want to shout out, uh, two other reps though, because they did, uh, hook a brother up and treat me right. When that's of course, Paolo at cadence who hooked me up on a couple pieces. Uh, and it was always very gracious to me. And then, uh, and then really a new, a new experience for me, um, which is Mark from splash page. Um, I've bought a few pages online from Mark over the years, but I've had very little interaction with him uh, at cons before. And it just turned out to be where um, just, I guess, the way circumstances happened this year. Uh, I had ordered two pieces from his artists before the show. And so he, much like a lot of these guys, do not have a, a splash page row full of his artists. And when I went and picked up the two pieces, we struck up to chat, got talking. Turns out he's um, he's also... Uh, owns a, an LCS in, in Dallas for about 20 years, and we just got to talking about about the industry and, and so forth. And um, and then he was just super gracious and professional. He he, I, I asked him as I was picking the piece and we were chatting. I said, "Hey, do you do you think any of your guys would have time for um, contribution to one of my jam pieces?" And he was familiar with jam pieces, and I I showed him a piece, and he he took the lead from there. He said, "You know what? Give me a few minutes. I'll I'll go around and talk to the guys." He did that. He went and showed the piece to all the guys and, um, you know, basically took the initiative to when I got back to say pretty much anyone in his stable is willing to to do to do the jam pieces for me for very reasonable prices. And then I said yes to a bunch of them. And he 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 took it and he said, I'll, he said, you know, come back later today or tomorrow and I'll, you know, whenever you're ready and, and I'll have them done for you. And, and damned if he didn't, he got all the pieces done and, and again, great prices and they all came out great. And it was just a pleasure to work with him. So um so I, I got to give shout out to those reps too, because there are a lot of reps and, you know, I think, um, you know, while I do think Felix is stands alone um, at the top, those, those guys do need to shout out because they have great artists that they work with and, and, and they both treated me right. Yep. So what else? We have to, what we else? Have, well, we, we gotta, we gotta give up, we gotta big up our, our no apologies crew. Yeah, of course we do. Because we spent a lot of time with them. we, we, as David alluded, we had committed from the start we were going to spend very little time at the show on Saturday because we knew it would just be overwhelmingly crowded. And um, why, you know, why, why go through that if you're fortunate enough to have four day access? So we we hung out with uh, with with the No Apologies crew, uh, Kaziki, Raf, Gil, Daryl, uh, Ernie. Um, we forgetting anybody? Mm, no, that's everybody, right? Yeah, un- yeah, that's that's it. Um, yeah, because because uh, because Campbell couldn't make it, right? Um, well, we did not officially a member of the crew just yet, but uh, we did see Daniel White on Thursday. Oh yes, true. Well, true. So yeah, yeah, I was yes, that's true too. Um, and so we hung out uh, with them a bunch of times. We saw him at the show. We went to one of our mainstay hangouts called the Lansdowne, which is a pub we've mentioned in years past. Uh, would we go there three times? 
three times. Three times. Three times, right? Went there three times, had some midday cocktails and lunch. Um, and then, um, as is always the case, uh, Gil is, is, is the man when it comes to um, inviting us to a loft that he has access to. And we had a little, little loft get-together. But I have to say, for me, the highlight of, of, of hanging out with Gil this weekend was actually pre-loft in that uh, the three of you, you and the three of us decided to go to the beer authority, and because it's unseasonably warm, they still have the rooftop opened up, so we were able to sit out in the open air, which is a, a rare treat in Manhattan, and relax and have some cocktails. And Gil met us up for some some open air cocktails, and then that was the night we were all going to go to get together at the loft. So we figured we grab some vittles, and shout out to my boy Lev, who I work with, who I. I Hit him up. He's he's our my resident foodie, and I said, "Hey, we're we're looking to get a little something to eat, uh, maybe some sushi." So he hit us up with a place called uh, Kumo, and I know when people hear this, they're going to think it's it's sketchy, but it's forty dollars, all you can eat, all you can drink, and I know the first thought is you got to be careful getting bargain sushi, <laughs> but I'm telling you, this place was the straight jump off. It was, was it not? It was. It was. It absolutely was. We get there. It's, it's fairly empty because we got there kind of early. They give us a menu. They bring two pitchers out. We thought it was a pitcher of beer and a pitcher of water. <laughs> Turns out it was a pitcher of beer and a pitcher of sake. Uh, and the drinks were flowing. The food was flowing. I mean, we ate and re- a ridiculous amount. It was. And for, for once, Vince was smart and he followed my lead. He basically yeah. got what I got, but yeah, the food was, it was delicious. The food was straight delicious and it was truly all you could eat. I mean, we, if we had more stamina uh, and planned better, we could have probably eaten another 10 rolls each. It's just, we got so full. Yeah. Uh, and by the time we left the place, it was, it was banging. I mean, there were, the place was packed. People were doing sh- sake bombs everywhere. I mean, pounding the tables and there were a, Unbelievable amount of beautiful women there. Yes. Real talk. Yes. It was, it was incredible. I mean, I you know when we got there, it was it was us and a couple other people. And when we were walking out, it was a show in there. It was a show. So not only was it a fun scene and energetic, but the food was great. And it, I mean, forty dollars all you can eat and drink. I mean, listen, forty dollars uh, at a New York Comic Con weekend is two rounds of drinks, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. to to drink for two and a half hours and eat delicious sushi was absolutely awesome i mean that, that's we got to make we i'm not saying we're going to make that every year thing but we got to work we got to keep that in the rotation oh yeah yes, i would think i would love to do that every year yes because man yeah, the sake was great too yeah it was now, it the was. one downside to to it was that we were in food comas by the time we got to the loft seriously yeah, yeah. straight food coma i mean <laughs> Jason was I, making fun of both Dap and myself because yeah, he he was he was sitting there talking to Gil and you know having a good time because and, Jason had a power nap in the cab to the loft. Oh, mm-hmm. that's why. That's what it was. Yeah, I did. I slept in the because Gil's like, oh. "Well, he's already nodding off." And I turn and I look, and Jason is nodding. And then you and I stayed awake. But yeah, once we got to the loft, and it, oh, was, it was nice and comfortable in there. We were just chilling. That fucking chair is stupid comfy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was not. Um, it, everything was fighting. Everything was yeah. fighting. So it, was, it wasn't a crazy laugh a minute scene like it usually is at the loft. And we'll take some ownership of that because we were sleepy. Uh, and I have to say, I mean, driving home, 
was a struggle. Yeah. It was a struggle. That was, the, that was probably the first time where I was like, this is every, every year when we stay in the city one night, I'm like, well, this is a waste because either shit never goes down or we're just like, well, we're up and nothing's happening. And I'm just like, well, we could have just went back to Jersey and hung out that this, this was the one year where I was like, damn, if we had stayed in the city, everything would have been cool tonight. But uh, yeah, I, I know that the drive home was a struggle, but that is also because at no point, did we pretty much get back to your house before one o'clock? No, it's and true. The, so they were they were late night because because after we left El Quixote and and um, we got back, we walked back to the Port Authority, um, and so so we could hit up Two Brothers Pizza on the way there, even though we just got done fucking so eating. <laughs> so funny, so ridiculous. <laughs> Just getting done eating dinner, thanks to Felix. But dollar pizza, though. I mean, we cannot, yes, it's we cannot so have New York Comic Con without stopping at Two Brothers at least once. So, Am I right? Um, you are so right. It's so good. And the uh, only I better thought, deal than forty dollars all you can eat sushi is one dollar pizza. Yeah, pizza. I got, I, I got thought, salt pizza. You, oh, you got big time salty. You ain't never been as salty as you were that night. Straight Larry's. Um, um, you, you for those who who weren't there, Jason goes to pour the salt. On, on his pizza gingerly and this mad gush of salt just goes it, like it snowed on his pizza i didn't see what you did with it did you at least brush some of it off yeah i tried to dump it off but i mean but it, it because salt is crystalline and it was oily it had it melted pretty much into the <laughs> i'm thirsty Maybe I, I love salt me but too. but that was it was it would have been inedible for 95% of human beings. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I uh, ate it like a champ. You did. But yeah, and then we um and then we drove back home and then so the next day um cuz we were kind of up late on Friday, got up early Saturday cuz we had to um we probably didn't need to really get up that early Saturday cuz we were hitting the flea. Um but then the day was long, and and uh, the flea for the record, sushi. most disappointing part of the weekend for me. Sorry, yeah, I, I wish no, I, I, I feel bad. I it was, I I did. He picked it's it up big time. Big, it's this big flea, and the kids loved it. And I know you love fleas, so I'm picturing us spending glorious hours filming you going through boxes <laughs> and like finding treasures and us making stupid videos, but. No, I mean, you came away with a couple things, which does make me happy. It salvaged the day. But, I mean, you could be honest. It was like just an average flea for you. It it was. It was like being at home, which yeah. is is both a compliment and uh, not so much because yeah. I could have I got that at home. But there is not a flea market in existence in which I will not walk away with something. Mm-hmm. I will buy something. At a flea market, to the point where if it's the very last stand, I'll, I'll throw money down. I have to leave with something. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm. It's it's all good. I had fun. It it wasn't. There wasn't a whole lot of vintage stuff there. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, it was it was a little overcast in the morning, and I don't know if that affected it. I definitely know that there were a bunch of vendors that were there the two times I brought the boys that weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if the experience would be different. I'm sure it differs by the time of year and the time of day that you go. 
but yeah, I, I was picturing you being in Nirvana. Ah. Like I was a hundred percent convinced that it would be the your favorite part of the weekend, <laughs> and it, it, it'd get to the point where Dap and I would be quietly begging for you to want to leave so that we could go to the New York to the right, Comic Con. Right. Um, but you were like, "Nah, man, let's. I'm good. We're, let's bounce deuces." Yeah. But you yeah. got some dinosaurs. Yeah, you takes your chances. But yeah. uh, it was not an unpleasant experience. Oh no, no, it wasn't unpleasant at all. Which speaks to how great a weekend it was. That that was the yeah. biggest disappointment of the weekend for me. But yeah, we had fun. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, so, yes, as, then go ahead. No, as Dap uh, alluded, we eventually got to digging in in the boxes, the back issue boxes, and I don't know who found it, but we did stumble upon 25 cent books. And they, yes. they weren't poop, they weren't crap. I. Some of them, I, I could not understand why they were in quarter boxes. Because if if you're a Valiant collector, you know later on in the runs, the books get more expensive because the print run went way down, and you know not a lot of people were buying Valiant at the, at that point. Hence, when it shifted over to Acclaim, um, high number Exo Manowar. Magnus Robot Fighter, Harbinger, I was picking them up for a quarter. Like the Birthquake stuff and up for 25 cents a piece. Granted, they didn't have the final issues of all those series. Those go for decent money. But up to... Well, Tomio owns them all. I know. Up to... And then I got some Acclaim stuff for a quarter a piece. I got Ralph Snart, Adventures... The original miniseries, Quarter Piece. Uh, I picked up a couple um, Adventurers. I got some uh, Legends of the Dark Knight. The the um, the Elsewhere one that uh, Walt Simonson and Dan Burton did. Um, just a, I came home with at least 40, 50 singles. Floppies. And most of them I picked up for a quarter. It was awesome. Yeah, we st- we were at that booth at least what about an hour, probably more. Yeah, yeah what did, pretty what, much. What did you get there? Um. Well, the uh, what I picked up at that booth, um, the nineteen books I picked up because you grabbed number twenty, so I could make it an even twenty. Um, and a lot of these were just because I needed 20 books for the five bucks. And, uh, even though I've already had them. And like I said, on the, the drive back to Jersey in our recordings, um, some of these are going to make their way to, uh, to patrons, but same mystery theater. Number one, um, two issues of the John's. Teen Titans run, uh, Dark Nemesis, which was from uh, the New Year's Evil event, Showcase number 93, number 8, which was a Nightfall tie-in with a uh, Glenn Fabry cover, Lobo Portrait of a Victim, for Vince, four issues, the four issues of Trencher. For me. Um, Eclipso, The Darkness Within, number 1, Still with the gem on the cover. (laughs) 
You'd think the glue would have uh, pulled off by now. Uh, the first issue of the Atari Force ongoing by Jerry Conway and Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. That's a good issue. And Dick Giordano. And, um, and that I also picked up. Now, sadly, um, there were two series I was looking to complete because I'm impatient. And I probably have the four issues that those two series are missing somewhere in these other boxes. But because I haven't found them yet, and they were extremely cheap at the convention, I picked up issues 24 and 25 of the Matt Wagner, Madam Xanadu series from a few years ago. So now that run is complete. And I, I picked up about six issues of the Green Arrow run pre-Flashpoint. This was the series that was kicked off by Kevin Smith. It took place during, you know, the, 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 towards the end of it was during Infinite Crisis, but one year later. I was missing, I seem to be missing two issues from that. I know I bought the whole run as the issues were coming out. So I don't know where those two issues are right now, but I didn't because green arrow was not in, was not cataloged in CLZ. I wasn't sure which numbers exactly I was missing. I just went by the covers that I remember seeing over the past few weeks. So out of the half a dozen issues I bought, two of them were actually the two issues I needed. So now that run I can consider complete. Um, and then there were a couple of dollar books like Uncanny X-Men 81 number 6, the Bill Sienkiewicz cover with uh, Storm as a vampire. Uncanny X-Men Annual number 5, and which I believe is actually signed inside by Roger Stern because he was the editor of the issue. Uh, annual number 3 of the X-Men with a... Um, with 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 the awesome attack of Archon, Action Comics number six hundred and X Men Annual number nine with Art Adams, which I had Art sign. Uh, I was hoping to get Walt Simonson's signature on it uh, since he inked the cover, uh, but never was able to get over to his table to sign anything. And he assigned this to me, but Action Comics Annual number one which uh, is written by John Byrne with art by Art Adams and Dick Giordano. So I was able to uh, get my book signed by Art Adams and get um, get Shake's hand and, and talk to him for a few minutes while he was um, sketching and, and signing and, and doing... Uh, he was multitasking like a bitch, so it was good to talk to him. There was also a magazine stand that Vince forced me to look through, so I'll let him talk about the magazines he got from there or the, I'm sorry the graphic novels you got from there yeah it um it seems that this fella is uh, no, a regular attendee of uh, New York Comic Con because I've bought from him before mm -hmm. and uh, he usually has uh, magazines and or graphic novels uh, it, this books of the same size um, for five bucks a piece five for twenty and I'm looking through them. I picked out um, Frank Bruner's Seven Samuroid. I don't know why, but I never own that. I do now. And I got um, Simonson's Star Slammers and a Snake Eyes from Fanagraphics. 
but it's just a bunch of different things. But as we're looking through them, Dap is, is starting to his his eyes are starting to bug out a little bit over the things he was seeing, and he walked away with a bunch as well. Um, you got the what the Dreadstar Marvel graphic novel. I did, uh, yeah. The Dreadstar was because I needed a fifth book for because um, it was it was five books each or five for twenty. Right. So um, the Dreadstar was number five to make it to twenty. Uh, like you. I picked up the Star Slammers because I was also, like you, hoping to maybe get it signed by Walt over the weekend. Uh, Star Raiders, which was DC's first graphic novel from this graphic novel line, written by Elliot S. Magan and art by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Um, I mentioned this graphic novel uh, when we were talking about Discovery, and it's Star Trek Dead of Honor, written by Claremont, art by Adam Hughes and Carl Story. Uh, finally going to be able to read it in its entirety but the big thing i was quite happy to walk away with um normally when we go through these we go through these bins vince finds things and he points it out to me tells me to get it or puts it off to the side hoping i'll get it and 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 he'll dangle it in front of me hoping i'll get it putting it in his pile when he's not looking so right exactly (laughs) (laughs) but but this is this is probably one of the few times where i actually came across something that he didn't see yeah uh and this was uh this was published by fantagraphics um a bunch of years ago uh gil kane's savage uh, with prose by Archie Goodwin and a uh, a Gil Kane interview in the back of this uh, publication, but it is a nice magazine sized copy of um, of Gil Kane Savage. And now, aside from anything goes, I actually have some Savage in my possession. Nice. I have to be honest. I blanked on the DC graphic novels. Back in the day, uh, aside from the Hunger Dogs and yeah. the, the uh, Star Raiders, so okay. I, I was happy to find that uh, Warlords that uh, David Wenzel did for five bucks. So I bought it. Yeah. But the the DC graphic novel line is a huge blank spot for me. And and I and now I try and go whenever I'm at a con, I and and see one, I always go home with it. But uh, I, I've transferred the same mindset I get into when I go to the flea to the, the conventions now. Like, I don't ask – this is going to sound silly, uh, but I don't ask the universe for anything. I'm not like, oh, man, I hope I find that, that Action Comics 743 or whatever. I just go in. I blank all expectations, all desire, and I just let the stuff come to me. I let the universe give me what it thinks I need. Exactly. And to be honest, I've been looking for the Ralph Snart Adventures, the original miniseries, for a while. Mm -hmm. And there it was for a quarter piece. Like, in due time, it will come to you. Just don't ask for it. Right. Don't don't petition the universe for anything. It'll give you what you need when it decides you need it. There there were, if... if, um... If we were up to it uh, on Sunday for a little more, I probably would have gone back to those two dealers. Well, one one dealer, uh, I saw some outsiders that I would have gotten, but there was that one one stand where uh, 
they're kind of in the middle of the aisle. Uh, had all, all 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 the books and everything organized really well. Uh, they had an issue of Grendel. They had uh, they had a few issues of a few things that I had in my hand. Uh, but just like Heroes, it was one of those situations where I'll come back. This was Friday. I was like, I'll just I'll come back yeah, Sunday. You you need to stop. Uh, you need to stop doing that. No, that's yeah. not true. It's because very... no, because there were two issues. The two issues of oh. Madame Xanadu that I didn't buy. Not Madame Xanadu. There were two issues that I had that I did not buy at that one dealer that I found for cheaper at the other place. So that, I'm not when you found that. Stop. No, go ahead. I, I'm not going to stop doing that because if we're going to be there for the entire weekend, and like you just said. If the universe wants me to have it, oh, no, it you, will make it available. If, if, so, it, if it wants you to have it, it will give it to you right then. This when you found that when you found that debt of honor in the in the box for ten dollars, and then not long after that you found that it for five. I'm like, he's yeah. going to use this against me for the rest of my life now because you found it cheaper. But yep. you have to be honest. More often than not, you will pull books out. You'll be like, I'll come back for that. I'll come back. You yep. never go back for them. Because for whatever reason, we just we never made it back over. We found the we found the dude with the quarter books, and that was it. That was well, to we my stopped. point. You should grab them when you see him. Just grab them. I'll take care of Renee. You just mm-hmm. grab not the book. If, not if it means they'll be half price in two days. Oh, David. Because if listen, so I'm not going to get quor- it this that year. quarter's going to break you. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. It's, 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 if I don't, since I didn't leave with it in New York, it doesn't mean I won't see it wherever we end up next oh, year. Oh, that's very it's true. Two or yes, Heroes. That's very or true. Yeah. New York again. So it's, you, I never told you this because you, I don't want you to use it against me, but I will because you're brothers. You don't know how hard it is for me not to buy those Gundams when we, when we walk by. I mean, Gundams, Gundams everywhere. Yeah, there were a ton. And I, I, I get livid at your unwillingness to treat yourself to. Yes. Dude, you'll, look, you'll look at Kaiju, you'll look at Gundams, and, and these are things you collect, and yet you never buy them when we're because, at shows. Because the Gundams that I was looking at are all model kits. For me to buy, to, for me to buy a Gundam model kit, I'm, I'm basically paying this man whatever the retail cost of the, whatever the cost of the Gundam is, and I'm giving up probably a month of my life to put it to 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 build it the way i think it's it should be built i put a lot of time and effort into these gundams and i i can't i cannot devote a month to a piece of plastic but that's what it takes me to to build those things the right way Mm -hmm. and it's just like i see them and i'm like oh my god gundam death strike i want that so bad and it it was one the like the, the master grade like that's I need this, but I pull back because I know how long it's going to take me to do it. That's why mm-hmm. I don't buy them. The the kaiju that's different. They're just too damn expensive. The one I mean, look at that. The one I was looking at, it was four hundred dollars. Do I need it? It's not about need. I want it, <laughs> but I don't want to spend you know two two months comic budget on a big hunk of plastic. As beautiful as it was. You know, it's just not, it's, it's silly. It's, it's not realistic at all. So whatever. But, um, 
let's uh, find something else to talk about. Let's steer away from this. Uh-huh. Uh, we read a book for well, this. We can go back to the con talk, but we did read it. Well, a- I just was going to say one another weird thing about this con is that um, we, we hardly ran into EOC family members. Listen, very, uh, very uh, there was Alex Freeze. Mm-hmm. When we were, I believe, were we at Splash Page or were, no? We were we were at Mahmoud's table. Mm-hmm. So we did. We were introduced to Alex. He stopped. He 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 saw us. But um, yeah, that was well, that was I, pretty much it. Jimmy Dick, you guys saw Jimmy Dick. Yeah, oh, yes, Jimmy sorry, Dick. Yes, absolutely on Sunday. Yeah. Um, but I ran proof. into more than you guys. Like I saw you, An- you definitely An- did Andrew Charpar, uh, Raf uh, Suhu, and Ian Levenstein. Um, who else? God, I, I hope I, I don't forget anybody. Do you know who I blame for us not running into people? Dap? Roland. Oh, the marker. Yeah, yeah. Because he's so so tall. People he was our beacon. People yeah. would see him and they, uh, through a crowd, and then they would know that we're over there. He's the lighthouse. Yep. This year we were just part of the masses. That's probably true. You were speci- you were especially Jason because like I told Vince when we we went back down to the artist alley floor to look for you, and I I need you I respect you for not but I need you to start wearing a cap again because uh-huh. that lets us know you know you're taller than most but we're still three bald white dudes so we kind of fit in quite easily yeah on, on floor uh, so we definitely need something. That's handsome bald white dudes. Oh well, sure, but I mean, when yeah. when, you're, when someone's looking at you from behind, mm-hmm. it, it's not always easy to tell that. Uh, so yeah, so, so, so the cap would have definitely helped. But we were able to. Um, yeah. We were never apart for long. No, it was a great time. Um, it really I, was. I was more relaxed than usual because I just didn't you, care. They were. You were. You got freaked out on Sunday. You had had enough. Yeah, a little bit. You were like, I'm out. I'm a good chill. It happened, yeah. Well, when you're jostled around like that for mm-hmm. three days straight, I can only take so much. I didn't get nasty. I was just like, no, no, it's time, time to go outside. Dap, do you have a, a list of of people or no? I know you uh, said you were making one. I don't know. If you're... Oh no, no. Uh, as far as, yeah, because I mean, it, it, this is going by this is alphabetical order, but sadly by first name on um, per. The program, but the creators that we saw in Artist Alley, uh, Aaron Cooter, uh, Andrew McLean, and his lovely wife, and congrats on the new house. Yes. Uh, we have, I said, Arthur Adams. Um, we mentioned, well, we mentioned Vander, but we didn't mention, I don't believe we mentioned Brett Schoonover. Nope. Or Chris Wildgoose. Correct. Or Mark Lamy. Correct. Had a great conversation. Uh, and, and, and Tony Esmonds. I mean, he's not a. a creator, oh, absolutely. But, yes, yes. And I did. He's part I, of that yeah, crew. He's written down here. Okay. So. Um, no, no problem. T- Tony is. Uh, we saw him briefly. Normally, he's kind of always. A re- and he may have been. It's just our paths didn't, didn't cross as often this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it is always great to see Tony. Uh, spoke to Brett Blevins for a little bit because he was one of the two. Um, pieces of art i acquired over the weekend uh uh, we did stop by and speak to brian level and got a little bit of uh professional tattooers advice 
let's see on this page we also have uh we'll mention data warren johnson um currently we saw uh gabe and currently we have um Declan, we spoke to for a little bit. This this is I'm not gonna say it's a regret because the opportunity will come up again, but I meant to on Sunday go back to Eric Zawadzki's table and pick up a copy of the dregs. Big so, shout yeah. out to Eric though. He's a listener and uh Vince bigged him up because of the dregs and I got a commission from him and he's a yeah. thoughtful Young Buck, who was a pleasure to talk to, um, as was his writing partner on the dregs, who I'm, I'm I'm sorry, offhand, I can't think of it. I will look it up here in a second. But I had a chance to meet him. I know you guys did not, I don't think, but did not. And uh, Eric showed us uh, pages of art that were incredible. Mm-hmm. And, yes, and they y- were. y'all be seeing them in the comics soon. And they were superb. Widescreen battles. Mm-hmm. Widescreen fight scenes were just gorgeous. Um Brutal, brutal stuff. Uh, Eric Larson, who you'll be able to see a video of on the Patreon, um, talked to him for a little bit and invited him onto the show. Um, Eric Donovan, he was one of the first people we saw on on Thursday, talked to him for a little bit. Uh, He talked about um, the Not Quite Trilogy, if you're Vince and I, and um, I'm looking forward to reading the uh the new book uh giselle of course uh jason latour if only for well jason spoke to jason for a while and uh latour was kind enough to take a photo of us with mahmoud uh jeremy hawn like we mentioned we have jim mafood uh jim toe joe staten i got to stop by and say hello to real quick kyle starks the very energetic Kyle Starks. Uh, I said good morning to Larry Hama. Got my picture taken with uh, Louis Simonson. And we have, uh, oh, one of my favorite moments of the con was uh, chatting for a few minutes with uh, Peter Tomasi and talking about how much I've really been enjoying his Superman and uh, found out that the the hiatus he's on is only because they, they did need a break after writing uh, 24 issues um, in a short amount of time. Um, he'll be back on the book after this two-part Deathstroke arc. Um, Patrick Gleason, who kept walking by the table, but he was never there, uh, he'll be back um, a few issues after Peter returns, and then the gang will all be back. But in the meantime, we'll have some Doug Monkey and... Uh, and others drawing Peter's stories. But he, uh, everything that I believe he said, everything that I am a fan of that, that, that we, the readers in general are a fan of that, that he's currently writing in the Superman book, whether it's, it's Batman eating pie or, um, the, 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 the nice, quiet family moments. Um, the powers that be aren't real keen on those scenes in those books. So, so he fights for them, gets them in the book and we, the reader get to enjoy them. So thank you for that. Uh, we mentioned Riley. We did not yet mention 
Russ Braun, who we finally got to sit down and, uh, well, stand up and chat with for a bit on Sunday. Um, Ryan Brown was mentioned. Sanford Green, we didn't. We we saw him at his table for for a second on Thursday, but then I believe it was um, Friday or Saturday where we were kind of walking. Jason and I were walking through the aisle with him while he was trying to um, just get away from the table for a little bit. Uh, we mentioned Scotty West Craig, who I think Jason and I kind of had similar questions to to kind of throw at him, um, but he is always just just. Super chill talk with, um, really just happy with, with, with the way Deadly Class is going. And we kind of, um, Gravediggers Union coming between with him and Toby yes, Cypress. Yes. Um, which will be a hoot. But the, I had some questions regarding Deadly Class and, and what, um, how, if, if Rick, tends to keep things to himself so that maybe Wes can be as surprised as the readers are when he gets to read the script he's going to draw or if they're kind of um, if they both know exactly where everybody's going so I because it's there have been some surprises in Daily Class in recent months and, and I don't know if if that's if, if Rick and Wes are in cahoots from the beginning, or if there's some things where, where Rick is writing it and he's like, I, I'm going to really just freak Wes out and, and have him draw this. And I just, I, I like to know what kind of relationship the, the writers and the artist has, like we said, uh, Trad Moore. And last but not least, as far as my list, uh, Tony Fleece, which we mentioned as far as video questions go. So, I mean, it wasn't, it doesn't sound like we got to, to really, or at least that I didn't, get to to stop and and say hello to too many people or spend too much time with them on the floor because everybody was kind of busy i I didn't want to just kind of stand there and take up too much time if if they're if everybody's looking to make that paper and 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 do that grind so um it was still a, a a fantastic weekend so so huge thanks to to reed for allowing us to take part in it mm-hmm did you say julian lytle I was going to say I don't think you said Julian because be, because Julian was sharing a table and he was not actually listed as oh. an artist alley member. So yes, but yes, absolutely, we have to give a shout out to Julian. Yeah, um, and then let's see, uh, just a few others that I didn't think you caught. Uh, Rochelle Rosenberg, who did uh, some coloring on one of my jams. That's right. Got to meet her. Uh, Mr. Adrian Seabar, one of the aforementioned splash page artists, um, Maria Laura Sinopo and uh, and Marco Santucci, the newlyweds. Maria um, did a domino for me. It was nice to uh, talk to them as they just got uh, got married and uh, they were getting ready for their honeymoon. Um, I guess he didn't say Riley Rosmo, but we had already talked about him with the mm-hmm. with the uh, with the dinner and whatnot. Um, let's see, Paul Mounts. Yeah, uh, yes, Paul Mounts indeed. Um, who colored not one but two jams at the show for me, and they came out fantastically. So uh, that was awesome. Um, said a quick hello to Clayton Henry. Um, Got a chance to chat with uh, Mark Morales, and he actually took me to task 
for not <laughs> uh, not sending him the interview questions that we had discussed doing. So I'm going to remedy that with the quickness. Uh, got to meet Dalibor Talajik, um, who another splash page artist who did uh, work on my jam. Uh, he did a, a long run on Deadpool a few years back. Nice guy. Uh, let's see here. Dexter Vines just gave him a quick dap. Didn't get to talk to him very much, but uh, but he's always uh, fun to catch up with. Um, give a quick what's up to Ed McGinnis and kept it at that. Yeah. Goran Suzuka. I uh, got to meet him for the first time. He had a nice run after Cliff um, on Wonder Woman when uh, Azarello was doing the book. Um, Kim Jong-ji had a little little moment there on Sunday where I went and bought one of his art books and uh, then waited in line and then had a chance to have him do his mastery drawing a, a quick sketch in the art book. And uh, I think he remembered us. But uh, there's a bit of a language gap there, so it was kind of like some pleasant nodding and agreeing, like, oh, yeah, yeah, we had dinner together, oh, yeah. Um, but uh, it, it was fun to watch him draw those those head sketches in uh, everybody's books. The guy's just crazy. Um, you know who you didn't talk to, uh, Vince, that I was surprised by? Juan Ferreira was there. Why didn't I? I don't know. And you know I have a regret, another regret, um, I didn't go to uh, Alexi Zirat's booth. I know, nor did I. Yeah, that's over. That's overset on both our parts. Uh, I did get to meet Leandro Fernandez, who I've been loving on the old guard, um, who's straight out of the Eduardo Riso camp, and he also did a a jam a jam piece for me. Uh, said a quick hello to Marcio Takara, which uh, we are we see at quite a few shows. Yes. Um, Said a quick hello to fellow Jersey and Tom Rainey. Although I think this is the first time in a long time I didn't get anything from him. Oh, wow. I know. Well, hey, hiatus. That's, you're right. You're right. Hiatus staff, come on. It's a funny definition you have of hiatus. I know, I know. Um, it's very I got fluid. To, I got to say hello and shake Jerome O'Pain's hand. Thankfully, I wasn't asking him for an autograph. <laughs> so I didn't have 10, bu- I didn't 10 bucks on me. Um, got to uh, say hello to Paulo Rivera. He was also a splash page guy. I didn't get anything from him, but uh, but uh, it was nice to uh, to see him. Quick hello to Riley Brown, another fellow Jersey guy. Um, uh, Sarah Pacelli, uh, who I chatted up with uh, at the Cadence area, met um, someone that was literally not on my list, but uh, Paolo introduced me to Michelle Bandini. Um, uh, Michelle is a, a it's a man. Uh, his name is uh, he's an Italian gentleman, but he's actually the current ongoing artist uh, penciler on Captain Marvel. Um, but super nice guy. Um, so shout out to him, um, Mister. Uh, um, uh, no, you're mention him. Uh, Steve Orlando met him very briefly. Oh, at, nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. Did you say Nathan Stockman? Did you mention Nate? No, I thought I did. No, damn it. Yeah, Nate, yes, yes. Nate Stockman and uh, Robbie Thompson. And Robbie Thompson, yeah. Who was uh, sitting with Nate. Um, didn't want to overlook that. We had a bunch of chats with uh, with Nate over the weekend. 
Um, quick hello to Tom Seeley. Um, Valerio Skeety was uh, kind enough to do something on one of my jams. And I think that's about it. Quick hello to Panosian. Oh, no, uh, did, did, did have a chance to chat with Ramon Perez and tell him in person how much I enjoyed Jane. Um, got to say hello to Emanuela Lupacino um, at Maria's table, as it happened. Um, quite a nice young lady, quite fetching. Uh, quick hello to Kari Randolph. Didn't usually chat up with Kari for a good long while. He was he was feeling a little salty. Um, not really to, to me, per se, but he was feeling a little salty <laughs> at the moment that I tried to hit him up. So um, I got the vibe it was better to come back at another time, and then I didn't get a chance to, but I uh, did chat with him. Uh, this week, and uh, he said he was salty in the moment, but but things got cool, and he had a good good show, and made some good scroll and that sort of thing. Uh, chatted with Mike Huddleston for a bit. Nice. Uh, who was uh, we got to talk with quite a bit at, at Heroes, and just had a chance to say hello to him uh, here briefly. Said a quick hello to Sue Lee, um, who did uh, some art for me last year at uh, the show. Uh, very nice young lady. Uh, did uh, shake Fabian Nicieza. Uh, and uh, and uh, Terry Dodson's hands um, had to keep that connection going from uh, from the Heroes Con uh, yeah. uh, convention. We did not, unfortunately, see at all Miss Marguerite Bennett, who was one of the people that our patrons asked us to chat with. But uh, it was not for lack of trying. Well, and in that regard, we also not once all weekend did we see Tom Kane. Crazy, right? Not one time. Not even not even as a passerby. Very, very nuts. Absolutely Man, nuts. Man's in demand. He is. Um, last but not least, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, excuse me, um, uh, Mr. Nick Bradshaw, who uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to. Th- he was he was in the middle of a conversation. Vince and I stopped by. I was just going to talk to him for a minute because I wanted to ask him about uh, about his dog. But it's um, mm. I'm glad he was busy. So it, it it it's all good. Oh, I'm lying. I'm lying. Two more. Jim Mafood and Adelso Corona. And that's all. Sweet. Mm-hmm. All in all, it was a great show. We would be remiss if we didn't go. So, I mean, the the camaraderie, the comics, and just being able to reach out and touch all these awesome creators is is uh, invaluable. So Yeah. Well, I think you said it, Vince, if... if after this time last year, I think all three of us were kind of worn out and thought, man, I don't even know if we want to do, I don't even know if New York is, should be our, our every year show anymore because it was so crazy. Uh, and so the fact that this year, while probably even more crowded in, in many ways, uh, we seem renewed and it seems like we're back. We found a way to, to reinvigorate our, our, our enjoyment of the show. Yeah. It wasn't as taxing as previous no. years. Right. So, uh, Let's talk about this book. We all read it, uh, and one of the reasons why I want to talk about it is because I chose it for the uh, album art for this episode, and so we we better damn talk about it. Um, so cute. David, mm-hmm. Jason, and I all read a uh, one-man show, pretty much, uh, written and illustrated by Dan Panosian from Image Comics, slots number one. Yeah, maybe. I don't think I've been this surprised at a first issue in quite a while. Wow. Let's elaborate on that. What do you mean by surprised? 
Well, on the visual side of things, I know Dan is a monster. I, I, I absolutely adore his work. I will pick up anything with his artwork in it. But I wasn't entirely sure that he, for whatever reason, could um, tell a good... Visually, he can tell a good story. I didn't think he was this accomplished of a writer. I was stunned. Mm. I was stunned how much I enjoyed this issue. I want to live in this world. This 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 world... I spent a lot of time in Las Vegas as a kid. Um, a couple summers, my uncle lives there. Uh, and so I, I know the scenery. Granted, this is current and you know, or recent Las Vegas. So it doesn't look the way Las Vegas does in my mind, but it feels the same, if that makes sense. Like I could totally remember little dives and bars and 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 storefronts that looked like the places in his version of Las Vegas. Mhm. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I I I really like the main character. He feels like Heath Houston to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean a grounded Heath Houston meaning somewhat. Well, this is a very human story, a very earthbound. I mean it's right. there's nothing fantastical about this is what I'm saying. No. Um in a nutshell, Stanley Dance is a grifter. Doesn't like to pay for food. He's got he's got a con going all the time. It seems mm-hmm. he had a glove compartment full of keys that he had found at various locations, and he's in a diner and leaves his keys on the counter to go outside to do something. And the waitress is like, "Who he has been macking on?" But that's part of the that's part of the game. Um, and she's like, oh, he'll be back. He left his keys on the counter. And he drives away without paying the bill because what's he's, he had a bunch of keys anyway. What's in the, he used the keys to, in a sense, pay the bill. Um, he decides to, uh, for one last, uh, one last job, one last con, and he goes to, to, to Vegas and uh, hooks up with uh, an old friend, Betsy. How old, we don't know, but uh, she runs this place called the Piggy Bank Theater that's half half slots, half burlesque, and it just so happens that her daughter is a huge draw. Her name is Mercy, and she does this act, and th- there are other people um, with which Stanley has a history. One of them is named uh, Les, who absolutely hates Stanley. He's been trying to get Mercy out of the piggy bank theater and into his casino called the Royal. Um, he, I guess ran Stanley out of town in the past. So these, these two men have a very, uh, tumultuous history. Uh, Stanley also has a son. I don't know why the boy's name's Lucy, but, but he has a son and, uh, I'll just spill the beans. The, the, the capper to the book is, um, Stanley's going to fight. He's, he, I guess he has a history of boxing. And uh, he uh, asks a friend named Sticky, who, who also runs an establishment, to, to help you know, train him for this, this fight. And they're, they're in a gym where MMA uh, fighters train. And who does Stanley run across but his uh, estranged son who punches him in the face the minute he sees mm-hmm. him. And Stanley goes down and says, 
my son's got what do you say my son's got a hell of a hook you know so that that's stanley in a nutshell when when uh dire circumstances impact him he kind of shrugs them off a little bit you know he's 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 got the big picture going for whatever reasons but we're not entirely sure why this last con or or, or game is going to go down but it it doesn't really matter to me um he comes across a pair of fake psychics, which I thought was really cool. This, this woman woman is a psychic named Rosanna, but that's not her real name. Her name's Alex. And she has a dude in the other room feeding her information through an earpiece. It, it's a cool book. It's gritty and grimy and dirty. Uh, Mercy's is, is uh, sexy as hell. But it's just, it's one of those, um, it's not noir, but it it it, it, no, has a, no. it has a noir feel to it a little bit. Like it doesn't have mm-hmm. the visual um, earmarks or, or of, of of noir, but it, it just like there's a big con going on, and you get this ensemble cast. Uh, it's it's a large cast. I'm I'm sure it's going to even get larger. But I, I just it's it's a combination of Pinocchio's amazing line. I've always loved his line. I love mm-hmm. the way he draws women. Um, and there's a double page spread of Las Vegas, the strip in this thing. It, it is sumptuous. It's gorgeous. It is. And it's, it's, it's illustrated in a way that only Dan could draw it. It's not, it's not SketchUp. It's not Google images. It's not, it, 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 it it's not a photo stat background that he's no, just recolored. It's, it's drawn, but it is, it, it is without a doubt. That Dan Pinosian line, and it it's mm-hmm. he has this it, it this almost like more trucker Angela Angela Torres Jack Davis thing going on. Yes, it's it's just it is more a trucker exactly. Yeah, I cannot I can't keep my eyes off it, and and it, like Vince said, it's it's not a it, it's almost like it's a blue collar Ocean's Eleven. There's you get the sense that it's going to there is a con going on, and and they may not be trying to take down this big time casino but um considering what stan was planning on doing at the beginning of the issue and and now something because of old promises and 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 markers he's got to cash in um it's only he's, he's got a second chance. There's, there's there's a little bit of pep in his step again, and 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 he's kind of been you know, figuring. He may not it may not be something that he's looking so forward to do based on who he has to uh, interact with. But it in in my mind it beats the alternative, and otherwise it would have been a really short fucking comic book. The the yeah. um it just it looks fantastic. I am absolutely in love. With the coloring choices he's going with, the the dot patterns, the the, the it, it's just it is a I I cannot take my and it's it's smart it it's not I mean not that everybody in the book is pretty much street smart it, it's not like nobody is nobody in the book is really Mensa members but the way the conversations happen the way um like when they're planning on the, the fights, you know, he's not homeboys like, listen, you're not, I'm not setting you up against a straight one-on-one boxer because you will get your ass pummeled. You're old. 
you don't have what it takes anymore. You're, you're the, you are rusty AF. So, so the plan is to, we're going to hit up an MMA gym because usually MMA fighters are great at one particular, they, they have skills to, to, to do a variety of things in the ring, but, or in the octagon, but they're really good at either takedowns or, or, or punches or they're, they're, they're just, they're not 100% great at everything. And if, if they can get Stanley to take someone who's not real good with, with maybe the stamina or, or being able to take punches, they have a better shot of Stanley winning some fights. So, um, when, when you, when you add a little twist like that, uh, the, the way Dan is kind of just is, is telling this story. It, it's, um, it, it, I'm not, I, I don't know what kind of expectations I had. I knew I was going to love the look of it because I am a big Panosian fan, but I didn't know what kind of story I was going to get. And I know that he's been drawing us for a while. I remember seeing panels on, on Twitter, on Facebook, and, and he's been teasing things here and there. And, uh, I wasn't quite sure what exactly we were going to get once once the thing was was published and ready to be put out. Uh, but I am I'm I am totally in for everything he's, he's got planned for this story. It, it's fantastic. Yeah, me too. But and and it's the dialogue that rings true. The dialogue yes, exactly. does not sound contrived or forced. Or there's mm-hmm. there's there's no. Bendis style witticisms that you could tell he he shuffled words around for about an hour to get just the way he wanted it to sound. It's it it just seems like you're eavesdropping on these people having conversations. This is right. this is real life, and it's it yeah, sounds I, as natural yeah. as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to vacate in this world. I mean, Dan's art is absurd in this, and yeah, he draws beautiful women, but but the set pieces, the composition. The choreo, I mean the um, the 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 uh, like set design. Um, yeah. Like you said, Vince, it feels like like old world Vegas. Um, I mean, there's so much love on the pages here. Um, so much love, you know. And um, but he says it perfectly. There's a text page in the back. Um, he explains, you know, um, this is what it is. This is what I want to do. But he says, and and I try and get this across. To, to to my students, but I wish I could say it like this because maybe they would take me up on my, my words. But uh, he says, my career with Image Comics is a good example. Very early on, I strived for perfection. At first, with my inking, I wanted that perfect line, a line with almost computer-like precision. When I decided to pencil, I attempted to create an idealized vision of men and women. After all, I was drawing superheroes. They're the epitome of perfect. As hard as I tried, I couldn't get there. Then I realized perfect isn't relatable. Perfect isn't terribly interesting. When I started to let go, loosened up, just a tiny bit, I think more than that, my little world began to change. It sounds ridiculous, but from an artistic standpoint, loosening up can be a very scary thing. It's dangerous. That's what makes Stanley and his crowd he runs with so much fun to write. I love the imperfections. And that's that's the approach. Don't, like, unclench 
release, let it mm-hmm. flow, let it loose. I mean, I'm not saying that the hyper-detailed guys aren't in the spot they want to be, but relinquishing control, in a sense, makes for more natural, mm-hmm. freer imagery. And it's just, he's got it. He knows he, this, is, this is the prime approach that I, I, I it, it just fits the book perfectly. If his, I'm getting a little bit too excited because I, the, like Josh Bayer, look at his work. It is loose and sloppy as hell, but it feels so right. You wouldn't change a single mark on that page. That's Dan's work too, and mm-hmm. it, it, he just seems to be a channel for this energy and this beautifully erratic line. I love it. I just love it so much. There are, thing, there are things speaking through Pinotion that you should do well to take note of. Get this issue. It's amazing. And, you know, it, it, it bothers me somewhat because he, he's, he's an incredibly talented artist. And, and by the looks of it, a pretty fine writer. But he's also super good looking. And there's just certain things that you did. There, things are just a little unfair when you are able to... Um, be well at more than one thing, and 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 it it it, it bugs me a little bit. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what? I'm just a little bit confused about now having digested this issue and seeing how magnificent it is, and the possibilities for this story in other media. Mm-hmm. Why the hell is he going with Sky Skybound? Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. Like, why is yeah, it? We're this... not, not going to get into that tonight because we, we, we did no. talk to somebody who who is uh, presently has a book out with Skybound and probably uh, and and yeah, we're uh, we're just we're, we're not going to get into that tonight. Okay, but but yeah, I mean he's uh, yeah, I mean he he's he got his family. own reasons, man. He's got, he's right. got a family to support. He's, he's got you know he's got to get paid, and um, I'm hoping that uh, he has plenty of other ideas that he will uh, be confident enough in to um, swing it all on his own. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much love about this and the fact that he did it all. I mean, the, 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 the word art, you know, the sound effects, the, the fact that there's chapters in the issue. Yeah. And the chapters so are like, like the most, it's not like they're at the top of the page. It's not yeah. like they're, it, it's like to just randomly, okay, it's the middle of this page. It, it, I it's love just, that. Yeah. It's incredible. It really is. And like you guys, I mean, we, we knew this was coming, Image was kind enough to provide us with it, uh, even offered to, to chat with Dan. And, um, and and I think just you guys said it right. I, we knew it would be a, a, a great-looking book. But I had no idea if it would be a book that would interest me from a plot perspective. And damned if it didn't. I, th- this is just it, – you. it just felt effort, effortless. Uh, it, it just – it felt like we've known these characters for a long time. It, it, it In some ways, it um, – it's it, in some ways it reminded me of um, of 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 a of a Brew Baker Phillips book, um, but a little less self-important, a little less serious in terms of the characters, you know, just a, a, a even a little bit more human, and and I think Brew Baker's excellent at, at making characters very very human and, and re- relatable, um, but but this was just a, a little more on the spectrum of 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 loose and and light, and I'm. For the better for me, so I can't wait. I can't wait for for what, what's to come. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I also love the gap between 
Stanley mm-hmm. Show teeth. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's a little touch, but man, it it adds so much to the character. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's not. He, he's not. It doesn't matter. He's never going to really kind of get by on on just his looks. He's got to be smart. He's got to be. He's 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 got to be charming, and it's it makes him. It's you know he's not. It's almost like he's James Garner, and then he smiles, and it's like okay, well now you're just. You're just like some dude I'd see at a bar, and it, it's it's. But but he's I, he's getting up there in age, and the ladies seem to love him because. Like, this, but look at the ones well, that just drive by him in the in the car. Yeah, there well, are there are like also be the car. Uh, could be yeah, could be the car, but I don't know. I mean, oh no no, once they see who's driving it, they're still smiling at him. They're still yeah. they're still play, they're still he, doing their wiles, but he, his son's got a horrible tat. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's got yeah. a back tat of a of, a, of, a, of, a, of a, a couple dancing. Yeah, of a couple like ballroom dancing. Horrible. Well, yeah, I'm I'm I sure. No, I'm sure it'll play out in the story as to why he has that. Oh yeah, Especially maybe it's the first thing of him you see. Right, maybe it's his father and mother. Mm, that, the, or, you know what I mean, or some or somebody. Yeah, no, I'm sure there's some meaning. Right. But, well, we'll find out. I mean, still, it's just on half. Of his back, so we'll see. But no, it's, I know the placement's not even right. Right, <sighs> tat crits. Yeah, we're stops now. So yeah, no, definitely. If you if you didn't pick this up, rectify that with the quickness. Uh, if uh, you know, the, the, I don't. This isn't something I think you should wait on the trade for and 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 read that first arc or if it's a limit, just just read it. Just support the dude. Um, I bought the single. It looks like it's going to be, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just it's 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 a story that I think will will um will benefit from from the uh, from the time between issues. It, it, it there's no reason to rush through something like this. It it looks amazing. It reads great. It's uh, definitely something I recommend. For real. Okay. Well. You guys want to talk about books? You want to wrap it up? Mm, it's getting late. All right. It is. Wow. There Plus you we have got a, We got a big one. A big one coming next week. Shh. What do you mean? Shh. People know it's our 500. Surprises. Uh, Actually. It's 500, well, dude. We do, we, yes. Yes. It is 500. And beyond that, uh, over this weekend, <laughs> we... We, 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 we have two Patreon-related news items. First one is, uh, over the weekend, we hit that beautiful, magical, unicorn-like mm-hmm. goal of two or more, or more episodes a month. Yes. Thanks to John Baslakwa for making us get to it. But you, 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 you like... Rush through his name. Give the man his proper. John Pasalacqua. Right. He's my new favorite. I'm making uh, making him my new favorite. Easier. Make, make him your new favorite. Okay. Yes. Um, so yes, John Pasalacqua is. And aside from he, not only got us over that limit, he uh, he got us over that limit, which also allows him to get the awesome shout out for. Um, for being 
a new patron at that level. So thank you, John Pasolacqua. And also to our homie, who we didn't get to hang out with this weekend because he couldn't make it, Mr. Roland Pierce. Yeah, man. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so after 500, we have... We'll, we'll we'll be coming at you um, twice weekly to hopefully round out the uh, to to finish off the month. Uh, speaking of finishing off the month, the last episode of this month will be our book of the month episode because as of this afternoon, a winner was crowned, and the uh, the winner. Out of the 11 choices, uh, I'm going to go in alphabetical order. I'm not going to go by um, first place to last place. But uh, your choices were Creepy Presents, Bernie Wrightson. That had 18% of the votes. And speaking of the votes, 114 votes were tallied. So Nicely kudos done. Everybody. Uh, big ups. Appreciate it all. Um, there were... The voting was was open to 155 patrons, uh, so so like I said, it was it was great to That's see great so many of out. you uh, absolutely come out and and vote this month. Um, you had uh, Vitaly Deluxe Edition Volume One with nine percent, Flinch Book One, one percent, Harrow County Volume One, Countless Haints at four percent. That's Haints, not not heinous like the ride, Vince. <laughs> It's not Haynes. It's not Haynes. It's not Haynes. Hellblazer Volume 1, Original Sins, with 15% of the votes. Hellboy Volume 7, The Troll Witch and Other Stories, with 4%. House of Penance, 5%. Uh, Rat God, at 4%. Revival Deluxe Edition Volume 1, at 11%. The Wake, at 4%. And with a whopping 26%. Of the votes, your book of the month this month. Get it if you don't have it yet. Lock and Key Volume One. Welcome to Lovecraft. Oh yeah, one of the best comics created in the almost ten years we've been doing this. Yay. Can't wait to re- to revisit it. Oh, what? No, I said yay. <laughs> you said it in such a half-hearted way. I did not. Yay! How's that? No, I you like love it. horror comics. I do, and I like Lock and Key a lot too. I do. You just want nothing. Else. No recriminations. Nothing. <laughs> you want to read something new? No, no regrets. No a letter. I do. Hey, we we hope you really <laughs> liked uh, and had a good time with this uh, New York Comic Con wrap up episode. Uh, next week we won't be back to business as usual because it's episode five hundred and we have a lot of stuff planned and I think you're going to like it a lot. Uh, head on over to uh, Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. If you like saving money, and who doesn't, you can get all the stuff that you want for a mere pittance of the uh, retail price from uh, DC. Lobo by Keith Giffen and Alan Grant, trade paperback volume one for a lousy $12.49. Barbarella, number one from Dynamite. Will cost you one ninety nine, and from Boom, Rocco's Modern Life number one <laughs> for a dollar ninety nine. I have two books 
that I well, would like you... Well, one better not be what mine is. Oh, okay. Um, both of these books are published by Titan Comics. Ooh. Yes. Oh, man, I didn't get mine yet. Well, I'm not going to spill the beans. That's part of, the, that's part of my well, hook. It's part of my hook the here. Um, the first is written by Dan Abnett, illustrated by Tom Mandrake, and color art by Sian Mandrake. It's uh, Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter, number one. Now, uh, I'm a man of extremely good taste, so I went with the photo cover featuring the exquisite beauty of uh, Carolyn Monroe. And uh, you may ask, if you haven't seen the 1974 Hammer film, Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter, uh, you would not know that Carolyn Monroe appears in the movie. She, uh, her character that she played in the movie actually appears in this book, albeit a significantly changed Carla. Um, Captain Kronos, the comic, explores uh, vampirism much like the original film did. There, there are various species of vampires in the Captain Kronos world. They all don't just suck blood. Um, they're salt vampires. Uh, the vampires in the original film sucked the life force out of people. They they made you old and you just died. Women, uh, they would suck the vitality, the longevity, the youth right out of the women. And that was the, the hook in the movie. In, in this book, uh, Kronos and company are, are hunting a vampire named Porphyr. Um, and some time between the end of the original movie and the opening of this comic uh Kronos's hunchbacked uh professor Hieronymus Grost lost a leg I, we don't know how that happens I'm sure we'll be told uh but Carla who was basically the love interest in the original movie um played by Carolyn Monroe she was feisty I mean her only crime was that she danced on a Sunday that's I guess that was major doings back then, but now in this book, she is a drinker, a carouser, she's a hellcat, she's a killer, she uses a crossbow and a and a, a spiked brass knuckles and she's punching the shit out of vampires, cutting their heads off. It, she's like an, an ass kicker now. So from the the uh fairly innocent feisty girl we knew in the movie to this needs to be explained. Okay, I think it's an improvement Um, to Tom Mandrake's credit. He does not try to capture the beauty of Carolyn Monroe. He creates his own uh, very beautiful woman um, in the uh, guise of Carla. That's a good thing. You're never going to capture Carolyn Monroe. Um, But the, the gist of it is Kronos and company are called upon to extinguish this vampire scourge it seems like this 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 town called sir church during the black death all the vampires smelled the death and they congregated in the slum area of this this town and they they couldn't get rid of them the the town the the men of the town have been getting picked off like flies uh they walled the slum they put a big wall around it to keep the vampires in um and so 
they've been dealing with this for 10 years and they're like, enough, let's get a professional. So Kronos, who's essentially the Punisher, his, his, his mother and sister were killed by vampires while he was away at war. So now he vows to extinguish the vampire scourge from the earth. It's basically the Punisher, right? Same approach. Um, mm-hmm. So they call him in to, to, to solve the problem. And the, the, uh, the vampire leader is, is a magnificently created beast. Mandrake has not missed a beat. I mean, I can't tell you the last time I saw Mandrake. Maybe it was that Batman, Superman versus werewolves and vampires thing that that he did. But looking at this art, it's it's old school. This is the way horror comics were done in the in the Bronze Age. Shadowy. The the creatures are unbelievably well designed, and he's he's working a little bit of Gene Colan as Mandrake is has a tendency to do. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved this issue. And the second book is also a Titan book. It's called um, The Beautiful Death by uh, Matthew Bablet. I can't say anything about this book other than. That's right. There, the the main character in this book is Desolation. It, it's a post-apocalyptic tale. Humanity's on the wane. Not too many people around. And the majority of the book are characters wandering through an abandoned city. And you may say, well, that sounds extremely boring. But it's not. The, the uh, Bablay's architecture is astounding he draws cityscapes and buildings and back alleys and playgrounds and and tenement houses exquisitely and the color palette is absolutely gorgeous but that's one reason to read it there's a something that happens in the story see i can't i don't want to say anything because i don't want to spoil it there's, you mean an actual plot in in the narrative gotcha it's I was like aghast. I just, it's just not done. And it was extremely uh gratifying because it feels like the story's free willing. It's unhinged. Anything can happen. What they say anything can happen in The Walking Dead is not true. You never you were never gonna get kill Rick or Michonne, right? That kind of open ended all possibilities in the narrative that's the beautiful death. Yep. It was great. And it's the first of five, I believe. Exercise issue. I think it's 48 pages. It's, it's just phenomenal. It's so good. Titan Comics bringing it. I know. And they continue to do so with that, that uh, what's it called? The Under? The one that Stoko did the cover for? It's like I'm ordering more Titan now than I, I have ever. Dan Dare? There's at least six Titan books on my order. Fighting That's American, great. yeah. Nice. Minky Woodcock. <laughs> what you what you got that? Uh, I got a little something that was that, that that's kind of timely, based on uh, oh, hella timely, ba- based on our recent our last previous uh, book of the month, and it really though. I I, I kind of wish I had read this. Uh, right after I caught up on the current ongoing Punisher, because this is 
what I've been missing, and it's because this is written by the gentleman who really, really gets the character. I am talking about Punisher, the platoon, number one, written by Garth Ennis, art by Goran Parlov, colors this time around by Jordi Belair. Uh, This takes place at the start following the end of um, following Garth's run on his Punisher Max story uh, where the um, the last arc revolved around Valley Forge, Valley Forge and, and an author telling that story. Um, the author is meeting um, four jarheads that uh, were part that were under Frank's command. Um, and then we go back to, um, the Vietnam war where Frank Castle is, uh, is introduced to his squad. Um, what's interesting though, is unlike the cover where Parlov draws Frank Castle the way I'm used to seeing Frank Castle, uh, our first introduction to him, as we get the close-up shot, is this is something straight out of um, almost like a, a manga comic. My man is is super, super good-looking, which is something I was not... Ex- I mean, it stands out amongst everything else in the issue. Uh, everybody else looks just like you would expect Parlock to draw them. Uh, for some reason, Frank is just startling compared to everybody else. But um, it is a, it's a, I'm not going to say it's a great story, uh, but it's, it's, um, it's what I've been missing. It, it is absolutely without a doubt. Uh, one of the, it's, it's a, it's almost like it's a callback to 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 when to the character I enjoyed reading by the writer who really got the character and 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 even though this isn't just a Frank story because there are people there are people narrating it there 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 are people retelling this story so uh, we're getting it through through their eyes and it, it, it's still it's still frank castle it, it's not and again this is frank before he was the punisher this isn't the guy who who lost his family and and decided to wage war on on the criminals it was um this is the soldier frank castle who we, we see we get a glimpse of the guy who is the good in the Punisher and, and not just the, the murdering. Some might say just, just he's not unhinged. He's, he's deliberate to a degree, but he's still just a, um, he's not bloodthirsty, but he's still just a straight up killer. So, uh, this, this Frank Castle is not the Punisher yet. It, it, there's still, um, I don't know if you could say he sees hope in situations, but he, he's not so hardened. He's not, he, 
he doesn't have that that he's not missing his heart is is basically what I'm trying to say. But it is it it is a beautiful beautiful looking book. Jordy's colors work really well with Parlov's line, uh, but Garth is just in his glory here, and we are reintroduced to a character who we um, we saw throughout uh, Fury, my war gone by, and it's not Nick Fury, at least not yet, but it is a, um, it was great. It, it was, it, it really, it, it's a fitting, one issue in, it's a fitting companion piece to the Fury Max story. It's, um, this team really can't, uh, do wrong in my eyes, but this was, I, and, and Vince surprised me because I, because I generally, it takes me a while to get through previews that I don't really even read the Marvel previews because a, they like to spoil things, but two, I kind of know which Marvel books I'm getting. And I, I missed this. I did not know this was coming. And, and, um, Vince hit me up on the slack Wednesday morning before, um, last, last Wednesday before we were finishing our day so we could get to Jason's. But, um, as soon as he told me about it, I grabbed it and, and read it that day and, and told the guys they had to read it. But, and then what was funny is because, um, we saw pages from this issue, uh, that's now in possession Two pages. Oh, there are various pages, but but two pages in particular from this issue are in possession by someone we hung out with a bit over the weekend, uh, and they look absolutely stunning in person. It's a um, it's a pretty it it it's a it's a solid first issue. I I was um, I didn't realize I was missing it actually, and and I'm and I'm, I'm it's weird to talk about a book that that kind of glorifies war like this, but it's it's I, I'm I'm kind of glad it's here. So read it. Yeah, I thought it was a, a, an awesome first issue. Parlov is uh, whew, he's on another level. That dude, yes, dude is a freak, freaky deaky man. That's crazy. Uh, Vince, yeah. Eagles is five and one. Sign. <laughs> How you do? How you doing? What's, what's up? Shout out to Jason Latour. What's up? What's up, four and two? How you doing? Mm. How you doing, fam? What's up? Um, I don't understand any of this. <laughs> the Eagles. The Eagles just won the game. No, I. They're now. What? <laughs> I don't need to explain it. I I do you just get said it. You don't understand I, it. But I was uh, I was putting on the hat. I was playing the character. I don't mm, get I this. Because mm. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. So what? What, what should they read, Jason? I'm oh, sorry. I just got yelled at my wife for being a little too excited. Mm. Yeah, so Eagles got me waking her up. Sorry, that's my bad. In your travels. <laughs> What's for it now, though? I know. I know I'm in trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> she she should have kicked hmm? you right in the balls. <laughs> anyway, in your travels, I'm going to go with a book 
because it seems like tonight was about celebrating art. And this was an incredible art week. We've already covered a number of them, but uh, I think I would be remiss not to shout out Batman White Knight number one by Mr. Sean Gordon Murphy, written and drawn. It's uh, an Elseworlds tale. They don't use the Elseworlds banner anymore for some reason. I don't know why. But it's uh, decidedly an Elseworlds tale where, um, in essence, uh, things don't go right. Batman is chasing the Joker through Gotham and gets to a point where he's beating the Joker to near death. And it's filmed for everyone to see. And so um, the hero becomes the villain because it's, uh, it's essentially horrible police brutality in a way. And at the same time, Batman takes medicine that uh, a whole bottle of medicine and, and slams it down the Joker's throat, uh, trying to get him to OD. But uh, as comics would have it, the medicine cures the Joker. And now we're a year later, and the Joker is the. Uh, he's got genius level intellect and he is the white knight of Gotham and Batman is a pariah and is uh, locked up in Arkham. But uh, the Joker, well, not the Joker, but his, his new civilian alter ego rolls into Arkham and says, I need your help. And, uh, and that's sort of the setup, but it's, uh, it's, I, I like, I've always liked Elseworlds and what ifs. I always like alternative storylines um, but really, this book is a chance for Murphy to showcase his art skills in the Bat universe. And uh, boy, oh boy, does he showcase them. It is jaw-droppingly gorgeous from the opening page to the to the last uh, to the last box. So uh, I'm along for the ride for sure. I can also confidently say I will not be owning any OA from this book. <laughs> uh, but uh, not for lack of interest, first for for. Uh, not wanting to get divorced for having to spend that much on a page. But yeah, so uh, Batman White Knight, um, it's, uh, it is a hell of a book, man. It's uh shoo. Murphy, uh, Murphy had a big, I think expectations were high for him on this and he certainly delivered at least first issue in. Cool. All right, everybody. What up? Thank you for being here with us. Come on our Facebook group. And uh, throw down with us. Go to the 11o'clockcomics.com site and read a bunch of stuff that, uh, well, mostly Jason has, has written, adapted some too. It's a lot of content there for you. Um, if you are a patron subscriber, you were lucky enough to see an awesome video that Dap made over the weekend. Well, no, Sunday. Monday? When did you make it? Was it Monday? It may have been. No, no, it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. Well, he made a video, and it's a lot of fun, yeah. and you can see that there. Well, uh, Twitter, all that stuff, were there. Uh, in the meantime, come back. David gets pissy. Say good oh, yeah. night, David. <laughs> good night. David. Wow. That's pretty good. Nice. Very nice. Just come back. We love you. Say goodnight, people. Peace. Oh, no.
no. Jesus, what was that? Oh no! Yeah. Program. 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 Program